Hello everyone, welcome to the Carton Cast. My name is Ben. And my name is Zane. And this is a very special bootlegged segment where we watch an animated movie. And today, we are watching Osmosis Jones. Yeah, it's very special because it's not just animated, there's also Bill Murray. <laughs> yep, showing up and being gross, we'll At get to it. absolute Bill Murrayist. I, I kind of disagree, but we'll get to it. Mm. Um, yeah, so I, uh, I will be honest, uh, I'm a little tired. And I'm I'm a little I'm a little punchy. I'm gonna try to do my best. But ben, have uh, you been infiltrated by the disease? I've been infiltrated by the Red Death, the 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 Roja Muerto, Muerto Roja, something like that. I don't know Spanish. I don't know. I just heard Red Death, and I'm like, oh, that needs to be spoken in uh, in Spanish to me mm-hmm. at me. Anyway, um, yeah, Death this, de la Red. <laughs> yeah, Red Death de la Red. <laughs> the <laughs> one thing in Spanish you'd remember is <laughs> from a river. Uh, yeah. I mean, we can we can bullshit a little uh, further first. I want to ask yeah, you how you, how's up. your <laughs> <laughs> help me wake up a little. Uh, how's your new job treating you? Uh, I just figured out what my job was today. Um, this is two mo- two weeks in. Okay. Uh, this is the first time they've given me actual work. So what was it before? Uh, just like just 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 familiarize yourself with the systems, <laughs> and, you know. Figure out people's names and 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 where the bathrooms are and stuff like that. Huh. It's, I'm, I'm over. I'm, I'm, you know, exaggerating for the sake of comedy. But <laughs> I choose to believe that you're not. That's fine. That's your right as a American citizen, mm-hmm. as a Franken citizen. All hail! Um, <laughs> I'll please rise for our national anthem. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much nailed That'd it. Be good. That'd be kind of good. Yeah. Well, keep me, keep me up to speed. I'm curious how it goes. Uh, how it goes so far is that my lunches take place in a sky cafeteria. That's unfair to me. On on forty yeah on the forty third floor, and uh, so I get to look out at the silly of Philadelphia um, while I'm eating my lunch. Silly Philly, and I got to do that twice today because I ate two lunches today. It sounds really nice to work there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like I had to pay for both of them, but the burrito place is like five dollars, and like. That's a good meal. I'm imagining like a food truck that they stuck at the top of the they building. They stuck in the building. Yeah, it's actually come jutting right out of the building like Hard Rock Cafe. No, no, it's like floating just right off of the <laughs> off of the window. So when it gets windy, oh boy, but Yeah, yeah, just taco meat raining everywhere. <laughs> yeah, but it's the only way to get that sauce just right. Mhm. Yeah, it's got to be it's got to be churned by waterfall, <laughs> churned at 80,000 feet. <laughs> it's the only way to do it right. Bottled at the source. I don't think that's where you bottle it. You gotta, you gotta get it at the tributaries so that you get all the deer piss in it. I, mean, I don't know what Sorry. references I'm throwing at you. I can't, I can't even qualify them at this point. Oh, I had some soup, and so I'm a little full of it. I've always said that about you. <laughs> this guy right here, full of soup. He's just had soup. Yeah. Bar none. Bar none. Um, yeah. So uh, I don't know if you felt like doing any shenanigans related to your trip i don't know if bootlegged is really the right place for it i don't know the way i've been explaining it to people is just like they asked me questions um and there was you know it was two weeks so it was a a ton of stuff so it doesn't really seamlessly fit into the they asked you questions i let people ask me questions 
What would you like wear a sign? <laughs> well, you know, Ben, when when you disappear for a couple of weeks, people start wondering. And then when you come back, <laughs> have you seen me? Yeah, I'm looking right at you. <laughs> have you seen this man? <laughs> and I just a, point to my that's face. That's a good idea for a shirt, actually. That's pretty funny. <laughs> it's like an I'm with stupid button points upward. Yeah, like even more self-referential. Yeah. <laughs> have you seen this man? <laughs> and and you're holding a carton of milk, and you say to people, "Have you seen this milk?" <laughs> now, now you're getting now you're getting a little postmodern yeah this feels like a uh god what's that guy's name uh rudy giuliani is it eric andre oh yeah yeah, yeah. it's his kind of energy yeah, yeah andrarian so uh this movie uh is a 2001 american live action animated action comedy um that is basically a buddy cop film that takes place inside the human body in an animated uh, in an animated capacity. Zane, do you want to give us some production history for this? Yeah, ab- absolutely. <laughs> uh, so it was put out by Warner Brothers, um, and it was directed by the Farrelly Brothers of Dumb and Dumber fame. They were doing the live action, but it's for some Farrelly? reason they got top billing. It's not Farrelly? I have no idea. Okay. It's like, All right, that's one strike, Carton cast boys. It depends on which brothers they are. Are they like Will Ferrell brothers, or is it like Pharrell brothers? <laughs> yeah, do they come from from Italy? Yeah. <laughs> um, the animated parts were directed by Piet Kroon and Tom Sito, who's done a lot of work on the Disney Renaissance films. He actually wrote the book on the history of labor unions in the animation business. Um, huh. So these talents, as well as several Hollywood stars in their prime, came together to make this film, which just bombed at the box office it didn't do very well i think that and and and, you know the production history uh the the kind of the production going into it they had a really hell of a time doing the live action segments and you know i I think it's fair to say they don't feel particularly pristine Mm -hmm. in uh in hindsight um so i think that maybe a lot of this was the fact that they had a hard time getting the getting a, a director and a star actor for the live action segments. And that probably didn't resonate very well with audiences. Yeah. There were a lot of issues with this. Um, uh, for one thing, Warner brothers had just come off of a different financial flop, the iron giant. Um, that was a financial flop at the time. No taste. And they had the option. They were like, okay, we can let Brad bird make another movie or we can make osmosis Jones. And Bird was so upset that he took his film to Pixar, and then we know it now as The Incredibles. Oh, wow. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's swing and a miss. It's like that time that uh, um, the guys who made He-Man uh, uh, passed on making the um, the Star Wars action figures. Right, yeah. Yeah, could have been, um, could've but been this, a good day. <clears throat> this movie did well enough in home media to get a fully animated spinoff, Ozzy and Drix. And uh, I mostly know this movie from, it's what they would show in uh, science class before Finding Nemo came out and just did science better. Yeah, I I, I think that there's part of this that, uh, you know, is, is pretty kid-friendly as sort of a, a tutorial on, hey, this is sort of how the human body works, but it's got enough, you know gross sound effects and you know kind of pretty pretty disgusting stuff in it and it's a cartoon so it's easier to look at than your average biology textbook um in retrospect watching it now i am incredibly grossed out by this movie it is it is no longer for me i remember liking it (laughs) 
but it, it definitely crosses that line into Ren and Stimpy, scatological humor, uh, gross-out territory, and I, I have a real hard time with it nowadays. Yeah, it actually didn't bother me that much in the animated segments. I just did not like Bill Murray's character in this. We're, we're going to talk about the, the live-action segments. Um, I have a fun quote from uh, IMDb. <laughs> Bring it on. The screenplay for Osmosis Jones was based on a nightmare had by Jupiter Bar co-owner Jeff Rogers. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, I'm, I'm it looks like a nightmare. This, this type of thing where the movie is about, the story is about like anthropomorphized parts of the body. It hadn't been done too much before. There was one uh, thing called Once Upon a Time Life, which was part of like a series of uh, films which did this in uh, like anthropomorphized different things in nature. Um, there's actually an anime that came out pretty recently called Cells at Work, which I've heard is good. But uh, aside from that, this is pretty much an untapped uh, theme, un- untapped uh, source of inspiration. There's a there's a few things that like I've I've seen this kind of thing done before. I I, I did watch a little Cells at Work. I'll get into that. Um, the Futurama episode with the worms, I think, does a really good job in this uh, in this space where they all shrink down and go into Fry's body, mm. and you can kind of see all the different systems as portrayed through the Futurama. Pretty silly, but still sort of related to the real world kind of lens. Yeah, the the Fantastic Voyage type Fantastic uh, Voyage exactly. aspect of this where it's people shrunk down inside a body. That that's well trod ground. But it's well trod ground. Ascribing uh, human characteristics to white blood cells, that's sort of the weirdness. That that's where the weirdness begins. They then go into let's make it a buddy cop movie. Which like that works really well apparently. <laughs> Yeah, it's extremely good. Like, uh, the best part of this, in my opinion, is the fact that they decided that the animated segments would be buddy cop. Yeah, and they, this I, was during an I era would, where they were really nailing buddy cop stuff. Like, they, the they, mid they had a to decade. late 90s. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. They had a decade to kind of perfect this formula. And then and this is them kind of reaching at the very, um, at the very extent of the bounds of buddy cop genre. And uh, I think it works pretty well here. This is the, That's the genre that I would want them to paste over this. Um, there are, there are a couple, like, there's a couple, like, points of, uh, uh, there's a couple, like, parallels that you can draw between what the buddy cop genre is really doing between these two sides of, uh, our main protagonist's person, like, their motivations. Like, one of the motivations is the short-term, get-it-done-quick kind of mentality. The other one is the one that he's ignoring, which is, like, long-term health and, like, what is good for the, the whole, what is good for everybody. Yeah, and those thing. are somewhat represented by our, our main characters who are, like, loose cop, you know, on the edge, just trying to get results versus, like, let's do this by the book. And and you kind of need both, I guess, is the message, but it doesn't—it clashes with the live-action message. <laughs> To give uh, people a little bit of context for where I'm coming from as I approached this movie, uh, I, I did a little bit of research into the buddy cop genre, mm. and generally what you have <laughs> is uh, a film with two cops, generally a very, very, very different people, you know, very odd couple-esque, uh, conflicting personalities, one neat, one one's, uh, one's messy, you know, one plays by the books, one of them's a loose cannon, uh, generally the loose cannon will be a little bit older and a little bit more street smart. But um, maybe has a chip on his shoulder, that kind of thing. And they will usually be different ethnicities. Uh, however, the uh, you know the, a lot of the movie is both them kind of getting to respect each other despite their different backgrounds and different approaches. 
Um, so you you get that kind of that that friendship message in there, which is always fun. Mm-hmm. In his review of Rush Hour, Robert Ebert coined the term "one's a movie" to describe the sun the subgenre, which is like one's a hothead, oh, one's, yeah, a, yeah. one's a book, but one's a by the book cop, and together, oh boy! Yeah, there was a really good um, sketch uh, video online several years ago that sort of took this to the to the limit where, you know. Uh, it's a producer asking, you know, for ideas for the new buddy cop comedy, and the guy is just like listing off, like, oh, well, this kind and this kind, and he's like, we've done that, this kind of this, and it just gets more and more outrageous until I think one of them was like, well, what if it's Mister? One of them's Mister Rogers, and the other one is like a big Frankenstein monster, <laughs> but he has sledgehammers for arms, and the guy's like, it. we've already done that. It's called Rogers and Hammerstein, <laughs> <laughs> which I think is a solid joke. They, they, yeah, it sounds like they crafted a five-minute video to get to that punchline, but, well, well. What, what's your favorite well incarnation of the buddy cop? I, I think, I mean, Rush Hour is really, is really distilled version of that. I think this is probably close. Yeah, I like uh, Blue Streak. I remember that being good. I don't know if it holds up, but I remember Blue watching a lot good. of that. There's also a subgenre of the buddy cop, which is cop and a dog. Uh, which is, <laughs> believe it, believe it or not, like a uh, Turner and Hooch, yeah, which yeah. I think is actually a really heartwarming movie. Um, I saw like the last ten minutes before I realized it was Turner and Hooch, and I'm like, well, I can't watch that anymore. <laughs> I, I recommend going back to it. I think it's a really heartwarming, uh, really heartwarming movie. Yeah. Got uh, Tom Hanks at his hankiest. Is that Hanks? I feel like it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it, it was um, young, young Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks mm-hmm. was considered for the role of Frank in this movie. Yeah, I believe it. Um, and so was Johnny Depp. This movie has like is weirdly high profile actors, and I think it might actually be to its detriment because, and we can maybe get into it a little bit as we get into the movie. But Bill Murray feels like he's got too much respectability to play Frank here. I feel like there's other problems. <laughs> Every time I look at Bill Murray in this, I'm like, tuck in your shirt, man. Like I just wanted to like to just shower off and shave. I know you look better than this, and you. <sighs> It's not that he with... doesn't sell it. It's that I have too many emotions attached to Bill Murray as like a, uh, like like he can be a little schlubby, right? He can be Groundhog Day. Yeah, he's he born be, schlubby. He can be uh, Ghostbusters. He can be all of those. He's a little schlubby. This is John C. Riley ass territory. The, the, you know, we'll, we'll, so we'll get to it. Um, this is David Spade kind of kind of stuff. Yeah, this like, is absolutely I, I don't know slob, slovenly. The first we see of him, he's eating an egg that a monkey spit up. Zane, don't don't <laughs> don't don't bury the lead. We're gonna get there. The problem. That's not the that's the not expression. problem is, and I know we're jumping ahead. The that's problem okay. is in every other Bill Murray movie. He's put into contrast with somebody who's more uptight, and we sort of learn a little bit, and we can empathize. There's some pathos there. Here, the live action segments, it's him. And it's a little girl whose mom died, who he's supposed to take care of, and like that sort of lackadaisical attitude, just like ugh, just just wore on me. I I think that part of it is the is a miscast mm-hmm. of uh, like I don't think the 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 little girl sells it too well. I don't think that she was very good in this role. Um, it it. It, it didn't feel natural to me. And, and part of that is just that they felt like they had to make it so explicit. Mm-hmm. Like, she's not just a normal kid concerned about their her father. She is like a... And this was a big thing back in, like, early 2000s, is, like, depicting all people who are even a little bit health-conscious as, like, granola-eating hippies. 
and also the trend of like having really talented children who know way more than they should and are the adults in the room like uh, like a nancy drew kind of thing like an i am sam but that's not the point of the movie so it's just fucking weird yeah so like uh the live action segments i think maybe because they're in contrast with the animated or maybe just because of the performances they feel more like really overacted like it's a stage play i think maybe maybe part of it is that uh they were trying to feel also like sense? a cart i don't know like a little bit like i think maybe they overact a little bit in in an effort to have it feel a bit more cartoonish you know mm-hmm. cartoons there's less depth there's less subtlety you, you really have to um underline what you're doing a bit more there's less space to play in and maybe that that's how they felt like they could kind of join the two parts up it just feels it does it does feel a little flat to me mm-hmm. and and we'll we'll point out some some parts where that fall apart i feel like maybe the direction was also not not that great it's it jumps around a little bit in moments where i kind of don't want it to it's just a different movie attached stapled to a, a better movie um, a little bit a little bit um one more thing that i wanted to say about the buddy cop genre yeah is that it goes back to actually it it started um, it, it can trace its roots back to Akira Kurosawa and his movies, hmm. um, whom is a director who's famous for the movie Rashomon, where you have um, kind of like a, and I haven't seen it, so I'm going off of what I read online and my understanding of a Rashomon episode, but you have the same event that is portrayed through many different characters' perspectives. Um, I also saw um, one of his movies, High and Low, which also portrays kind of the same event through a wealthy person and a poor person's perspective. Mm-hmm. So he, he's just very good at like depicting one scenario through multiple different viewpoints. And you can really see that come through in the buddy cop. Yeah. Genre. Yeah. It's just your own, you, the audience only experiences it once, but we find out how they feel about it by the way they act. And they're sort of yep. debrief afterward where they're yelling at each other. Yeah. Yeah. It all comes out and it, it feels cathartic because you can sort of empathize with both in a good buddy cop comedy, which I think this is. <clears throat> Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned the sort of the star power, uh, our main character, the white blood cell who is uh, on patrol inside of uh, Frank, is uh, Chris Rock, playing a Chris Rock type. <laughs> yep. Uh, uh, this works really well for me. Will Smith was interested in playing the character, but his schedule didn't allow it. I don't think he's got a comedic enough voice, honestly. Yeah. They they did a, a good job of, like, translating the characters into the animatedness segments. Um the problem, I think, with uh, Chris Rock is sometimes he's just, like, a little too sleazy and, like, loose. He, I, I know that's what they were going for, but even that, even then it felt a little overdone. I, I feel like this is the perfect cast. I think he actually crushes it. Mm-hmm. This, this, uh, this felt right to me. It does sort of underline the, the, the era of the buddy cop comedy because you always have—it's always, always, always is the black cop. Is, is that that is that is his persona that's the is the you know doesn't play by the rules street smart kind of fast talking like it's it's just mm-hmm. chris tucker and chris tucker and rush hour it's the exact same role it's just this is a white blood cell and it's chris rock yeah um so and and there are a couple like kind of racially problematic elements to that but judging it in its own decade you know this was just an accepted uh you know kind of how like black exploitation is an accepted genre of media yeah, even yeah. though it, it is uncomfortable to discuss. So we're, we're going to treat it on its own terms. But this is, you know, this is a buddy cop comedy character at its very core. This is the definition. Yeah, to 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 lead away from the stereotype would be to draw attention to it. May, maybe a little bit. 
I, th- I think that maybe by inhabiting it so precisely, they are kind of drawing a line under it and saying, this is what we're dealing like. Don't focus, like, don't think too hard about this. You're, this is the, um, this is the template that you can use to judge this movie. We've got buddy cop comedy. Yeah, it, it's, us, it's using the stereotype to communicate more information to the audience. It's not using it as a dig. Yes, exactly. Um, it's, it's using it as shorthand so we don't have to explain stuff, which I think is, uh, I think that's good. I think yeah. that is a good shorthand. We've got, uh, pairing with him, we have David Hyde Pierce as Drix. Yeah, Frazier's younger brother. We've seen him as Dr. Doppler in Treasure Planet. This is closer to Niles than yes. <laughs> than than Dr. Doppler was. This is basically just Niles. It's yeah, very yeah. very stuffed shirt character. They generally don't do this in buddy cop comedies to my knowledge is is to have it be like kind of a British a British stuffed shirt, you know. I'm I'm thinking of Jackie Chan generally. Mm-hmm. Well, usually um, the new guy is the loose cannon, right? No, I don't think so. I think the new guy is the and I'm I can't remember. Oh what no! The, yeah, you're right. You're right. I don't remember uh, what the movie was. Um, it, it's it's a relatively old movie um, where uh, a city cop, a black city cop, who is more by the books, gets shipped into like a like an, a rural Atlantean uh, Atlanta suburb for for a particular case, and it's actually the white cop is is sort of the loose cannon in that one, but it's usually. Hmm. The one who's from the city, or or, or coming right. from a more structured governance, and he's being thrown into um, something where street yeah, sports are necessary. Here's, here's how things actually work around here, buddy. Yeah, it's uh, you know you might not have learned this in your fancy ivory towers in mm-hmm. your fan- with your fancy degree, but with this is how buzz. things. It's yep, exactly. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, I think I think he does a good job as Drix. I like the character Drix. He's a little, a little bit of a nerd, a little bit of a weenie, but he's he's endearing and and he's effective, and that's what allows him. Like the fact that these guys both work and both contribute in their own way makes it, um, makes them clashing more of like, a, oh no, guys, you got to work together, less and less of a like, God, they're fighting again. Come on, guys. No, it it always felt pretty. I mean, like it's 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 not a long movie. You couldn't uh, you couldn't really drag this um, this this sort of relationship out. So they do kind of get get it in right away. You know, they draw the contrast, express frustration, start to see the other one's side. Now, oh, oh you son of a bitch, come mm-hmm. here, you! They, they, like they <laughs> they run the they run the gamut of the buddy cop movie pretty quick. I I came I went in on in and out on whether or not I liked him as this role. British stuff shirt is is fine as the foil to chris rock but mm-hmm. uh i don't know he, he did feel a little too goofy for, to me yeah there, there's one there's one moment in the movie that is just a little beyond the pale is it when <laughs> he, he dances it's a little it's when he dances <laughs> and like I, he sells it well it's just not my favorite articulation of like it it makes the stuffed shirt by the book cop seem ki- kind of hyper innocent in a way that is not cool <laughs> Yeah, watching it, you could feel the, like, uh, you know, suit saying, like, put this line in. The kids will love it. And, and, like, I can see Niles looking at his script and, like, looking up at... I have to say, what? It's like, all right. <laughs> yeah, trying to do that in flesh. No, I'm a professional. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, we Our favorite. main villain is Thrax, Lawrence Fishbourne, Morpheus from The Matrix. You can tell that, like, this came out after The Matrix because they have a Matrixy uh segment where they, like, freeze and 
spin the camera for no reason. Yep, they sure do. But you can also tell that this movie came out before 9-11 because they got away with naming a character after Anthrax. I, 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 didn't, I didn't recognize that. That was interesting. Um, <laughs> thinking about it like is that, that. Is that narrow window? <laughs> I think he also crushes it. Uh, I, I don't particularly like the contrast between uh, Osmosis Jones and Thrax. Like, I don't think they're... Generally, what I like in a... And this is a part of the buddy cop uh, formula, which is that in, in that Akira Kurosawa kind of way, we also see the villain in his machinations. Like, we, mm-hmm. we see him in pieces in the movie, putting his plan together and becoming more menacing and really building that tension for the final confrontation. Um, that That is part of the genre. That's part of the convention. I think they do a good job with that. I don't feel a lot of relationship between him and uh, and and Chris Rock. They're supposed to be foils, you know. This this one thing, the, the white blood cell who's supposed to be part of you know a larger collective, but he does things his own way. And then you have this sort of like lone virus who is got such grand plans and and really cares more about how he's seen so it's it kind of works i think like like he's in it for the glory and not for the good of society kind of thing yeah i mean his stated goal is to like become famous in the medical textbooks which is like really really cute and like that makes perfect sense for an anthropomorphized virus it's a little Um, megalomaniacal for a for a buddy cop villain generally they're doing heists yeah yeah it's not the political movements this is this is more like omnicidal villainy kind of thing yeah like if we found out at the end like that thrax was working for the mayor like that would kind of work <laughs> uh, i don't know like he's he's fine but it, yeah it's not i, a I like him i like to... the way that he looks um oh he, he looks great <laughs> i think if they were gonna lean into the matrix thing they actually should have done what viruses do and replicate and have like chris rock and david hyde pierce fighting on an army of these guys with like scythe fingers <laughs> And then you have to rally all the other white blood cells. Like that could have been really cool too, but it just—it's a different movie. Yeah, in a way, he replicates, right? He—he—he he, uh, he goes to the the bad uh, the, the the germs in Frank's body and kind of adopts them to his side. And it, he starts a movement. Yeah, it's it's not exactly the same thing, but it's as close as you can get with a buddy cop formula without going like full full uh, cells that work kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, those those are the only three. Those are the only characters that I really wanted to introduce. I, I think we're good to to move on from there. Um, in terms of the um, the basic idea behind this movie, you you had mentioned cells at work. I, I hadn't seen it. Have you, you say it's good? You say it's true to uh, the medicine. The, they, you know, it's it really the biggest difference between it is the uh, conceit of what are we trying to what what is the aesthetic or, that we're presenting. Mm-hmm cutesy anime aesthetic i think maybe works a little bit more a little bit better for me than uh than gross out humor in terms of teaching yeah um but i i think the writing in this is better because it's a movie and you know that that's not a fair comparison to make yeah and that's true like in that in an anime or like a slower paced tv show you know you have time for exposition and explaining here if something biological that could be educational happens it's more likely to be followed up with a one-liner it's kind of incidental honestly um that is part of the fun of you know the fantastic voyage stuff is how do we portray uh, this this uh, this biology stuff in the framework of a cartoon and And they do fun things with it yeah, I, I think that what's... And I want to talk briefly about what the themes of the movie are. Um, the first thing is that uh, they use the idea of a body working together, all the systems working together, 
the idea is like government, mm-hmm. which is really cool. Like it, it's that sort of interdependent nature of society. Like you, you can't just be by yourself. You got to <laughs> work with the people around you. And if you don't, then shit is bad and it doesn't work well. Um, and there's like a lot of points of comparison for that. And I think Bill Murray as his role as Frank in the society that rejects him really shows us how bad it can be if it you know if if, if you are not uh connecting well with the society around you mm-hmm. and, and you know when the body starts to break down because there's infighting and there's a political campaign love it um you know that 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 really gets that metaphor through i mean the, the metaphor really works because in every bio class i've ever been in they compare the machinations of a cell or a body to a city yeah which is great like I, every time that came up, I was really into it. Yeah, they, I I was consistently uh, more entertained by like what they were doing to show me that stuff rather than uh, any particular Chris Rockism. I, I I mean, like I still he still does a great job. So like I was still I was also I'm enough into the buddy cop genre that I didn't really care that that they were trying to do two things at once. I was there for all of it. Can you defend <laughs> you the me- way that they animate his teeth? Yeah, I need to deal with the white blood cell here. <laughs> so good. I um, have a problem with his yeah. teeth. What, what, what is your problem with his teeth? It's horrifying. But it's just like a white blood cell having teeth, you mean? No, the the way those te- the way he's constantly huge smiling showing every single tooth, like that's not how you do teeth. I uh my my roommate's been playing through uh the video game Catherine and that's got a really jarring kind of anime art style as well. Hmm. Um and uh, the the main character in that Vincent, he he does this amazing like eyes pop out of his head, jaw drops like a like a Tex Avery character kind of thing. But instead of just doing that and panning away, they just the camera just fixes on it while he has an internal monologue. <laughs> <laughs> it looks pretty great. That's not bad. Yeah. Um. Oh, I want to mention in connection mm-hmm. to our last episode, um, in the D and D episode. I love the D&D plot hook of having characters going inside other things' bodies. Um, either yes. a huge creature, like a Leviathan swallows them, or like the characters are shrunk. I love having them go through and do a D&D perspective of different body systems. So oh, that, yeah. that is probably due to this movie, and I didn't realize it. Oh, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't have thought that, but... Uh... You know, I'm not part of the gross-out territory that appeals to kids anymore. I recognize it's there. Mm-hmm. It, you know, I, I bet, I bet a lot of kids loved that kind of humor in it. It made a real impact. Kind of like I remembered a whole lot of stuff from this movie, despite not having seen it in what, like, almost twenty years. So do I. I, I didn't remember specific lines, but I like remembered one thing that I re- might as well say it right now. One thing that I really remembered were character models. Mm-hmm. I think that Chris Rock his character looks amazing thrax looks absolutely great drix is fine um the way the city animates the way all like the little cell cars are um the way that germs are depicted it just it's just all very uh mm-hmm. it's very visceral in the way that you want a dirty city to be but it's also very cartoonish and bouncy in the way that you want a cartoon to be so like it just it works on kind of every level yeah fabulous world building the animation is incredible in this i love it I it, love it, it so really, much. Like the uh, the you know the the squ- the squash squish and stretch thing that we talk about sometimes in animation. Yeah, from uh, really lends days. itself to the nature of of a body. 
Yeah, like there's this great little moment that happens later on where uh, Jones parks his car by like bumping into one car and then bumping into another, you know, classic like Simpsons joke. Mm-hmm. Of, like in order to park, you hit the car in front of you, then you hit the car behind you. It's like, oh, I'm, I'm good. But in a body with cells, they do some fantastic voyage shit where you're like, no, these are individual things that they're not like mechanical you know they're they're not uh they're not uh robotic or they don't have strict structures they've got uh cellular they they're they've got uh membranes so mm-hmm. it just squishes against them and it, <laughs> for some reason it just like really great i don't know or i more like I love when that he mo- needs to I go undercover moment. and he just like squishes his cytoplasm and like peels Gives back himself part a weird of his hairdo, hair yeah um great stuff mm-hmm. i do want to mention a little something about the music Sure. So this is music by Randy Edelman, who did many scores, including The Mask. Um, so this was sort of his heyday. Um, mm-hmm. But there's also, like, so there's really good, like, orchestral music, but there's also a lot of hip-hop, R&B, like, licensed music. And that's fine. That's, like, it's okay. It's just weird that they're both in the movie. Hey, it's Zane from the future. Um, I can't actually find the orchestral music to this movie, because uh, the soundtrack is just a bunch of the licensed music so you get that i i would have preferred just the r&b uh i I think maybe what they were going for is that they were trying to hit that split between live action and animated right when we're watching chris rock and we're hearing classical that doesn't seem right that's i wouldn't describe it as classical but it's definitely ambient and it's uh the point is i think it especially since the the skin we are trying on here is buddy cop comedy we, we want kind of that hip-hop, dirty city kind of music to mm-hmm. go with it. Yeah. You know. And every so often you can get like a Drixlate motif if you need to. If you need to. <laughs> I don't need to. All right. Uh, well, let's start in with... Uh, you know, I do really appreciate movies that start with a litmus test <laughs> of whether you'll be able to stand the movie. Okay. The movie starts with a live action segment wherein both Bill Murray, uh, working at a zoo, looking schlubby to begin with, looking monstrous by the end of this. Single father, zookeeper, brought his much smarter daughter to work with him. Yep, yep. Uh, She's like, Dad, you gotta take better care of yourself. And then he tries to eat an egg that has a lot of mayo and salt on it. First of all, right away we're at gross gross out kind of anytime that you see somebody using a food boob excuse like i'm already pretty but i'm already kind of in some 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 rough territory but when the monkey that he's talking to puts the egg in its mouth and he squeezes said monkey and it goes on the ground and he eats the damn egg like, the, the greatest line in the whole film is when bill murray tells a chimp okay now i gotta choke you <laughs> i mean yeah you you I don't know if there was a more subtle way to establish that he's sort of gross, but like, <laughs> this is the big problem with the live action segments is they just go way too far. And I was like, ah, I was like viscerally recoiling uh-huh. at this moment. Yeah, it's weird that the stuff happening outside of the body is somehow grosser. Um, he's basically a walking cautionary tale for seventh grade health class. Like, I'd be surprised if I didn't have some niceties about hygiene that came from a fear that Bill Murray put in my brain. <laughs> Remember, kids, if you don't wash up before dinner, Bill Murray will find you. <laughs> yeah, he'll put mayo and salt on your face. <laughs> um, 
My, and, but my, yeah, the, it's a yeah. litmus test, and uh, it's very fast and effective uh, initiating incident and exposition. I thought, like, great, get that out of the way. Let's get to the but good But it doesn't stuff. get out of the way. It keeps happening. Uh, yeah, well, it got out of the way quick this first time. Uh, this first time, you could be forgiven. My thought is that it's intended to be so disgusting that it couldn't possibly make anyone in the theater feel self-conscious for also being gross. That's not bad. Like, like this is I, this is the floor. Like, even, even if you're hygienic qualities are not up to par you look at this guy there's no way you're worse and if you are well, that's, worse than that's this the guy, thing because like you you know you're a kid and you watch this and you're like oh no all these things are happening inside my body but you're like i just have to not do that yeah this is obviously wrong like <laughs> there's there's so many things that are wrong with it like my mom told me a bunch of things i didn't listen to all of them but food on the ground and also food in a monkey's mouth that that's probably that's that's two two strikes. i'm not a doctor but you shouldn't be doing that yeah the uh, so we go to the animated segments and they're full of background gags and word wordplay based on bodily functions. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like a billboard showing the butt and it says "Come visit the land down under." Sure, I, I and like you know, there's an element of these that are, you know, that that that's just kind of a one-off joke. Where it really shines is when we put that buddy cop formula mm. formula into it. Yeah, so, yeah. So the the scene where we meet Osmosis Jones. We have that title card that comes in like a Law and Order kind of bumper, like the mouth, three p.m. Um, yeah, <laughs> that that's that's where we get, and and like the they they start talking in the in the squad chopper where the guy in the helicopter is like, back in my day, this place was clean enough to eat off of. Now I don't know. Like, yeah, or when <laughs> so he fires just... on a criminal and he's like, you're up Spit Creek. I'm so into it. <laughs> I, I rewatched uh, Corpse Bride on the plane ride uh, home from my my Europe trip. Oh yeah. And it's about the same level of punitude, but I think in this movie they're a little like cheekier. It's like they're winking, you know, like, hey, hey. It's a little more obvious, maybe just because the genre is so well defined. The genre and the audience probably a little younger. You know, th- this is a this is a parody skin stapled to a environment as almost as well as Fillmore, I'd say. You know, mm-hmm. Fillmore did the uh, kind of cop drama thing in in middle school, the which procedural. Was, yeah, procedural um, kind of drama in middle school, which is like done extremely well, like just very apt. And so all of those jokes also kind of had that nudge to them. Yeah. This feels like a similar thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jones is on patrol in the mouth. He's like, this is a bad job for a white blood cell. I should be working down in immunity. Yeah. And, and his intro just screams the the the, the whole cop, the whole uh, buddy cop. Mm hmm. He's got a bad record, and he cares a bit too much. He's a hothead who doesn't take it seriously. Like He discharged just, his weapon. He shouldn't have done that. Yeah, he did a desk pop. He hit a nerve. <laughs> oh, yeah, and th- then he goes through that chase. Um, so, so we see him in this scene. Uh, bad dudes are coming in on the egg. <laughs> My grandfather came in on the sandwich. <laughs> yes, um, I, yeah, I came over on the egg just a little while ago, and yeah. boy are my arms tired. Boy are my arms fluid, and and he so he he chases down. You know, it's the classic. It's Men in Black, right? It's mm-hmm. the classic. He ran down a cephalopod on foot. That's hard enough, Jeeves. <laughs> um, Jeeves. So, yeah, is that his name? Uh, I mean, they're it's close. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come watch my new British uh, uh, comedy, Zed and Worcester. <laughs> Uh, but but he he chases down one of the one of the germs the germ gets away in a squad car 
Jones discharges his weapon and give, gives. And this is where, like, I think, you know, uh, I, I watched a, um, I watched a YouTube of, uh, you know, I, I, I've recently gotten kind of into these YouTube things of where like a real, real career professional takes a look at the way his profession is portrayed in media. Mm. Like I, I've watched a lot of uh, uh, Legal Eagle, which is you know mm-hmm. a real lawyer. Uh, looks at my cousin Vinny and like points out all the inconsistencies and where they did it right and things like that. There is a um, there's a channel I don't remember what exactly what it was I can probably find it but it's like a real doctor looks at the way medical stuff is portrayed in in uh, in fiction and he took a look at Osmosis Jones and he says that some of the stuff is actually pretty spot on such as the way that Os- that uh, Jones looks where he's got that fibrinous that 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 uh, that membrane around him for the cytoplasm that is like a clear white, and then you got the blue nucleus, and so like that that kind of touch is is really clever. However, he recognizes, and I agree, I just don't care that the <laughs> idea that a single white blood cell would cause a muscle spasm in a person is just patently absurd. Yeah, yeah, and it's not helped by the fact that Bill Murray, like he in this movie, he's always overacting or underacting, and this, this one is right at the top. Yeah, as soon as I saw it, I'm like, oh no. <laughs> We're, we, 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 pan, we pan back out to him tripping up off stairs and him crying like a child, honestly. Like, he's having a tant- he's having an adult tantrum about his leg cramp. Yeah, when, when uh, later on we see him, like, in the Lazy Boy, uh, oh having his God. daughter wait on him, and he's like, leg, leg. And she starts, verbalize. like, rubbing his leg, and he's like, leg, and points at the bucket of chicken. He doesn't even point, he just, like... Waits for her to figure it out. He's so bad. He's a tap toddler. That, that's the thing is like I just John C. Riley or like David Spade. I feel like could have could have sold it a little bit better. Or um, who's the guy who does Eastbound and Down? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, like just a real there's there's actors whom are schlubbier than Bill Murray, and I feel like that's what the role needed. Like a Chris, like a uh, like a Jack Black. Jack Black is, I mean, even more Kyle Gass than Jack Black. I think he's got just more charisma. I, I don't doubt that he has more raw charisma. It's just not the right, it's not a place for charisma. It's like a place for anti-charisma. It's like that negative 10 to positive 10 scale. Uh-huh. I don't know. It, it just didn't work on me. So we cut back to the mouth and there's a couple of cells on cleanup duty. Yep. Uh, we get some, we get to over here like, oh, this jo- the mayor's doing a shit job. And we, you know, the mayor's going to be this recurring character who... I think they do a really fabulous job with. <laughs> Again, with that weird, uh, weird high-profile actors, <laughs> the mayor is voiced by William Shatner, doing a Nixon impression, which is not, which, not a like a one-to-one, but like that's the inspiration. And he's like he's pretty good at it. <laughs> I didn't realize <laughs> that William Shatner could do an like a voiceover <laughs> kind of role, but it's pretty good. Yeah, he nails this one. Yeah, um, um, but the movie's yeah, good at showing how like political decisions have long-ranging consequences right uh, of all the systems of, of this movie i think the political sphere of frank is my favorite so normally like in economics terms these are called externalities but like the parallel to our real world would be like infrastructure yes right society. so like oh the the mayor doesn't provide enough infrastructure repair or maintenance so now we got to deal with this dump and you know like they, they make like little little nods to the way the body and all of its cells kind of have influence over it mm-hmm. like like we see um it's all related you know they get a vote they they're they're trying like a lot of people are trying to vote him out because <laughs> because uh 
uh, Ron Howard is trying to take his job. Oh, man. I'm surprised he didn't show up more. It seemed like he would come back at some point. I mean, it is, he does right at the end. He, he's just there to, uh, to, to show that the mayor is in the hot seat and that someone's trying to oust him. Mm-hmm. Um, and the mayor has been doing a very... Uh, a, a pretty conservatively focused, um, uh, economically, uh, uh, like an economic message for his campaign, which doesn't necessarily long-term plan for infrastructure, and that's why it's you it's know even more transparent is, than that. He cares about short-term popularity stunts. Yes, yes, he, he's, he's got <laughs> he's, he takes care of problems in a short-term way, much like. Uh, Frank takes care of his problems in a short-term way. He is a slave to um, the the news cycle, mm-hmm. such as it is. Yeah. Um, so these cells, uh, unfortunately, do not make it out of this scene alive because uh, who who else came in on the egg? It Lawrence is Fishburne. our villain Thrax. I love how... I, lo- I, I love like, the genesis of this super badass villain requires you to think, okay, okay, did he come from the monkey or did he come from the egg? Like, where was the problem? <laughs> or from the ground. Like, <laughs> yeah, a lot could, of options. It's just like kind of funny when you look out <laughs> at the broader live action segments and like, okay, there's Red Death somewhere in this environment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, but his genesis, like well, his no, beginnings that's actually are so pretty, humble. That's actually kind of true because there are some diseases for which chimps are vectors for which we're they're immune or we're not or we're immune and they're not you know ebola there are strains that only affect them and there are strains that only affect us i'm not saying that it's inaccurate i think it's just very funny given that when we are looking at him he's the sickest badass there ever was but when we (laughs) when we look at bill murray's world he was in a chimp's mouth or on an egg also later he talks about how he's infected other people before and i think the last one was like some little old lady so like what interaction did the little old lady (laughs) have with the monkey monkey? (laughs) or maybe she's just going to the grocery store spitting on eggs i don't know I'm not she, here to judge. She's, she's like one of the she's like one of the uh, the shell shocked people from Clerks. Yeah, like, like just chilling out in egg carton land all the time, trying to find the perfect dozen of eggs. Uh, Someone will get that reference. So he's got this trench coat. He's got a sickle like finger. He pokes That's cells sickle- and they just explode. Like these people are gonna die gruesomely. They their bodies go red. They start bursting and then they collapse into goo. Did you, did you notice that the cleanup crew for the mouth, they have like these little backpacks that are a lot like the uh, proton packs? Cell specialization. It's great. Well, it, it's a lot like the proton packs from a different Bill Murray movie, which I think is pretty cool. I think what you mean to say is they are a lot like, um, God damn it, I forgot the part of the cell that does that. Uh, Lysosomes. Oh, did I mean that? I feel like I meant Bill Murray. Bill Murray uh, is one big lysosome. Much, li- much like a lysosome. You put movie into him and just like it dissolves and then it's a puddle <laughs> of protein at your feet and he's like, I did a good job. Yeah, I, di- I didn't do that. That was somebody else. That was some other guy. I want some lasagna. Oh, God. We don't need to do that. You're uh, better than that, Zane. And Thrax enters the city of Frank proper. I need to I need to talk about Thrax's uh, design because we, we, we briefly touched on it, but... His his eyes and mouth are just so expressive, and mm-hmm. like the Lawrence Fishburne voice of uh, it just it it's very in a world where nothing can really be cool. He manages to be cool, competence and authority. He's just he's just 
putting it out there. He, he's got like these dread things. He's got he's got dreadlocks. He's got sunglasses, the tr- the long coat, and he's got the sickle finger. Especially is the one thing that really stuck with me. I love the trans. He does like a like a quick transition sort of thing between like the standing up tall with his glasses on to like hunched over like showing off his sickle finger. Yeah, he's doing kind of like a he does kind of like a a nightcrawler pre bamf sort of crouch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's he he is very evocative and I I remember him very I don't remember a lot of specifics for this movie, but one of the things that I did remember was him saying I'm contagious, which is why I thought that his name was contagious until about the halfway point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, what what is this lake called? This is a lake. Ah, haha, your your native tongue. It's very elegant. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's an elegant tongue. Um and but uh, Unlike Frank's tongue. the elegant tongue. Yep, he sure does. And we we jump to seeing the mayor fielding questions from reporters about the sorry state of Frank, and we hear some really nice uh, dialogue and like politician sidestepping. Oh yeah, and, <laughs> and I really love the idea that the mayor is not popular, but he has this huge incumbent advantage because that's the way the body currently runs, mm-hmm. which is a direct line to the way psychology works which is that your brain doesn't want things to change so you have to you have to throw a lot of activation energy to oust this incumbent uh yeah mayor. it's hard to overcome habits i remember in the animated yeah. series um ozzy and Drix get jumped by a mosquito to like a like a kid like a teenager yeah. and the teenager's mayor is like this like very impulsive can't do like analysis of different risk benefits things um and and they do the exact same sort of thing, like, oh, this is a good representation of the brain. My guess is that uh, it probably has a Monster of the Week format, a.k.a. Um, mm-hmm. Cells at Work. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cells at Work, I, th- I think, actually probably does that better. I haven't seen Ozzy and Drix, but uh, the way that Cells and Work kind of gets its message across is not to show us what happens when the body doesn't work together, but what happens when it does. Mm-hmm. Which, which is kind of like a, the wholesome parallel to this. But, but I guess that's an entirely different train of thought. I'm sorry. Um, so the mayor watches an ad from his challenger, Tom Kalanick. <laughs> yeah. I believe in hope and change. And yep, uh, He's got like the jacket over the shoulder thing. You know, <laughs> I'm just a simple. <laughs> Back yeah, in my it's... day, this was a beautiful field. Now the colon is a dump. Where are we going, Mr. Kalanick? We're going. What, what, what's that smell, Mr. Kalanick? That's that whole that that smells change, Billy. That smells change. Or Bobby. <laughs> I don't know. Some germ's name. Um, yeah. I, I, I Like I said before, I really love the political sphere. I, I love any scene where we see the mayor kind of buckling under the pressure of trying to trying to convince the rest of the body that the crisis is not the crisis. Yeah. And the, the main the, parallel the idea, in this movie is yeah. like the body is heating up from a fever and it's like, Oh, global warming. Yeah. And the politicians just like, no, 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 don't worry about that. It's fine. This is perfectly normal. Yeah. It, like, and, and it's because he has vested interests into making not a panic happen because panic means change and change means he loses power. Yeah. He's in the pocket of big fat. <laughs> yep. He sure is. The fat cat. Um, it's, it's honestly like a very, it's like a very well drawn line between this and the real world government. So uh, we cut back to Frank, and I think the animation does make the mayor seem less awful than Frank, um, but the mayor is terrifying here because uh, Frank's daughter tries to set him up a doctor's appointment, and the mayor initiates a manual override of Frank's body. Yeah, yeah, this has some... 
this, 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 this has some ontological consequences that I'm not comfortable with. So, so apparently, in uh, in Benville, you know, it's a village. It's very quaint in my brain. I've always and, said that about you. Thank you. And uh, whoever's mayor at the time, you know, uh, you know, Nicholas Cytoplasm, let's say, you know, he, he's in the big chair and he's calling the shots and he's making sure that my butt work good. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really important in Benville. Yeah, that's and, that's a <laughs> there's a lot of single issue voters. Down a lot there. of single issue. It's like the NRA here. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> but but what he does is he's like, I need Ben to do a very specific thing. So. It, he shuts off a human body's consciousness and just talks for him. Yeah. Well, later on, uh, his assistant, Leia, who's uh, voiced by um, uh, R&B singer Brandy, she t- she does the same sort of thing, but she uses it's, it as like a subconscious voice. So maybe he's just like the little voice in your head that gives you an idea, but it's still pretty not, terrifying. If that was the way that it uh, that it was supposed to articulate, it did not come across because in the real world... He just says it like a robot responding to orders that are coming down from on high. Actually, I think I'll just take a chill pill. Uh, a cold pill. <laughs> a chill pill. Uh, I'll just take a... <laughs> <laughs> Yo, dude. Whoa, Shane, why don't you take a chill pill? Actually, I think I'll just take a cold pill. Like, which also it's, is probably several metaphors, weird. right? Like, going to a pill to solve his problems? Yes, absolutely. And, like, the fact that Drix is a useful quantity in getting him better... Both real life, you know, sometimes you need the medicine, but it also shows his short-term, short-sighted uh, problem-solving abilities. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, and, and then we see, we enter uh, Frank Police Department, FPD. Yeah, the fallout of Jones's chase back at the precinct. Oh, my chief's going to have my head for this one. I really love the pan-in for this, because we, 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 you know, living in Philadelphia, as I do, this little opening scene of you got like funky music, you got street food, you got a busy police department. It's just so colorful. You know, mm-hmm. you, you've got that thing in busy city police departments where you walk in and you see perps being walked across the room. And you're like, I feel like there should be a separate room for this. Yeah. 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 But it's, <laughs> no, it's too busy. They're understaffed. It's, it's like set- when you go to the ER and then you have to go to the waiting room. Like, I don't think you know what ER means. The, the secretary's got a dentist appointment. It's no good. <laughs> you're going to have to wait. Yeah, um, so I, I think that that this this is really good, uh, you know, world building. Just like, and it's a five second little thing that they ob- absolutely mm-hmm. had to care enough about the buddy cop formula to be able to pull off, and I think it's just real good. Yeah, uh, the chief needs to put somebody on throat duty at the request of the mayor, so he sends up Jones. As time goes on, I have more and more empathy for the chief character. He's just doing his job. Like Jones is flat out fucking wrong here yeah and we like, find out he, that he is responsible for some major problems he, he's responsible for a huge leg cramp uh that has political consequences because you know it's in the public eye it's on all the whatever passes for the newspaper like i would love to know what the media apparatus is like some sort of nervous system kind of thing yeah in in, in this world but uh the, the point is jones under direct orders uh, uh, like in direct conflict of his orders caused a major catastrophe in infrastructure it's like the it's the equivalent of having a chase scene through busy new york and like creating a ton of collateral damage like the cop who did that is not right (laughs) and the chief is telling him (laughs) hey you're not right but you know jones just uh isn't having any any of it 
Uh, yeah, but he tells uh, he tells Jones to accompany the new cold pill because like nobody else wants to, I guess, because they already know that like the cold pill is going to be like a stuffed shirt. Yeah, I mean, like it's pretty obvious that he's trying to saddle him with Jackie Chan, essentially. Yeah. Uh, Chris Rock has a little improvisational fun with the chief. This is where I kind of felt it was unnecessary. It's just kind of like, hey, can we make this scene a few seconds longer? I got some got some one liners I really want to fit in. Yeah, it did, it did feel like kind of a little bit of dialogue padding. And honestly, the better part of kind of Jones's relationship with the uh, the city that employs him, uh, the city he lives in, is... Uh, <laughs> the city of brotherly love. The city of angels. Uh, is that... Uh, is, is We get that in the kind of, damn it, Jones, we told you not to do this, and look at what happened. And he's like, relax, chief, I could have gotten it. Like, we, we already have all of that. It doesn't require the schlocky one-liners. We have uh, the much better but much more reserved cops doing at their desk jobs, kind of chewing Jones at, like, razzing him mm-hmm. as he comes in. He's like, all right, you got me, guys. You know, just, like, it's all it's already built up. I'm starting to think about my own body, and now I'm thinking, like, if a part of my body is, like, acting up, is this sort of, like, what's happening in it? Or <laughs> is he it more ritualist- like... He gets ritualistically sacrificed. Or is it more like my organs are all city-states, and there's, like, a fiefdom down the line that's messing things up? I think I think it's more the first than the second. A fiefdom implies that one could shut down and you'd be okay. Uh, <laughs> oh, not getting back to that Invader Zim conversation. Yeah, we. Yes, exactly. We don't need that. Um, but yeah, we, he goes to pick up Drix. I love the food arrival station, which is just a flight terminal. <laughs> yeah, that's good. You get like uh, the voiceover from uh, from uh you know, like the airport security or whatever, like drop off at A3 cheeseburger or something like that. Now arriving or digested on the terminal system. I do like how it matches up with our own like real world stuff. It also makes us understand the value of systems that we take for granted, both in terms of like our body and the real world equivalent. Well, it, it, and it's not precise. Like they're not going for accuracy. They're going for like vague analogy, which Mm -hmm. I think is the correct level of, uh, I think that's the correct level for something that aims at kids that are young enough to enjoy the gross-out humor. You you have to kind of have these vague threads. You don't want it to be too precise. Yeah, if the connections are too literal, then they're going to notice when they're not. They're Yeah, maybe. maybe. I, I think that they're just more fun if they're a little bit more fantastical. Mm-hmm. So so the whole flight thing is, is pretty good. Um, Jones and Leia, uh, the, the, the mayor's advisor, apparently have some, uh, some, some history. Again, it's just rush hour. <laughs> like this is just very buddy cop formula where it's <sighs> He does that thing where he keeps talking long enough and aggressively enough where it comes back around to charming. Yep. Like you get the sense that this is a game they play. Yeah, it's a little cat and mouse. And like she shoots him down and he treats it like she did a counter move that he respects and then he grins way too big. Like I can't describe just how sexually non-sexual this encounter is. I think that they have good chemistry, honestly. Like, I, I think it comes across across pretty organically. I wasn't and ready for it. I don't know. Like, it is pretty heavily jivified, but it's also pretty funny. Like, the flirtatious dialogue. Like, I think their dialogue is far more organic than his dialogue with Drix. That's just that's just my feeling. Like, uh, you know, where we're, we're Chris Rock is like, oof, did is, is did. Did uh did Frank get a cold in here? Because this is or something or other. I, I don't. I'll well, have to put Drix just kind of no sells him. Yeah, Drix doesn't really respond to his jibes. It's mostly Chris. Just it's Chris. Uh, it's mostly Jones <laughs> just talking to himself when they when they show up. 
Yeah, so Drix arrives and he tells us uh, his deal. Yeah, and and as much as much as I don't like uh, that, I'm not sold that this is the perfect cast. Uh, Drix's intro is just about perfect. He does the holier than thou entrance. The whole Oxford finishing school leitmotif is behind him during his monologue. He talks about like the side effects and that little uh, like like fast run on voice that is no longer legally allowed. Yeah, a little bit. Oh, it's not legally allowed anymore. Yeah, I don't know if you saw any any drug. Um advertisements recently but i just don't watch tv anymore when they're listing the side effects they go slow now because there was a rule of like you can't speed it up like something like that like you can't have the number of words be less than this percent of the advertisement or something yeah it it took hold a few years ago and i didn't realize it for a while until it was gone that makes me feel really good. What, what a rare legal decision that prioritizes <laughs> the spirit of the law over the letter. That's great. We're, we're, we're still being advertised medicine. Like, it's I, not I'm okay. the best. As long as I, as, hey, man, if I understand when my when my ass is going to bomb out, then like, I think I'm fine with it. Mm-hmm. But I got to know that ahead of time. Um, but yeah, he, he does this holier than that thing, and we get their first sort of central conflict of, like, Jones just, coming up from the wrong side. It's, it's. Like it, honestly, it's it's just like watch any buddy cop movie. Mm-hmm. You're there. You've you've got all of it. There was a um, I think it was like a funnier die sketch, or maybe it was a honest movie trailer sketch a while back that uh, basically cataloged how many times they do multiracial buddy mm-hmm. cop comedy, and like there's like fifty of them all next to each other, and you're like, oh yeah, they are all kind of the same movie. Mm-hmm. It's there. It is a very well worn formula, and this is where the overacting shines. Um, because the emphasis is on the, like, Jones talking about the same old thing that we've heard, but it's in a new context. He's like, vomit, we couldn't afford vomit. Yeah, yeah, or, or when, um, or when, uh, what's his, or when, uh, David Hyde Pierce comes in and he's like, uh, they, they have that, uh, nice kind of conversation that is sort of like the get to know you segment, but it's got like that, I am actually medicine <laughs> <laughs> sort of flavor to it yeah it's not like i graduated from here it's like i was synthesized no. at oh I, I i wrote it down it was so good um it, it's a little overdeveloped but it really is quite clever so where are you from tough stuff i was developed at the university of chicago i graduated phi beta capsules masters in multi-symptom relief <laughs> like it's just <laughs> you know there was really only one way to do it and they did it but i, I enjoyed it mm-hmm. yeah he sells it mm-hmm. uh so, so I think at this point they go to throat duty for you know to so that uh, Drix can do his thing. To... I love the way they do this. Um, so, like you know, it's just you know a couple of average cells trying to keep the dam, trying to keep the the snot from flooding out the nose. Um, and Drix comes in with like this cryo fanfare. <laughs> he's like a Greek hero. He's he's larger than life. He's got super ser- He's got superhero fanfare behind him. Mm-hmm. Uh, my old ne- nemesis, inflammation. I've got yeah. a cool mist on the affected area. Soothe and protect. It's interesting, because, like, I-, I think that, like, it- okay, so he's got a very specifically defined function, as, as opposed to um, a white blood cell, which is just, like, generically do do mm-hmm. these things. And that also articulates through their animation. Like, he is blocky. He is hyper-technological. Like mm-hmm. He's got those robotic features to him, whereas Jones is, you know, he's got, like, the lanky clothes. <coughs> it's very intentional about kind of showing that 
both from a physical perspective, like a physiological perspective, what their functions are, as well as through the buddy cop perspective of how uptight they are. It's just perfect, like, animation shorthand for, for their particular roles. Mm-hmm. And the like, fallout works yeah. well, too, because Jones is feeling like, oh, yeah, he's so great, whatever. But then he he uses his own strength. He's trying to get to the bottom of what started this. Yeah, and so that's where the street smarts come in. He's not there to fight the symptoms. He's there to help the body. Like, everybody else is very short-sighted, right? The, the mayor is short-sighted. He's working on the long term, and it comes from a place of love for his country, honestly. Yeah, yeah, that's, and I'll that's get back what it in, is. I'll get back into that later, but, like, the idea that he loves living in Frank, which is weird. Yeah, this, this is my home. I grew up here. Yeah, yeah. I came over on the umbilical cord. Um <laughs> It's it. Uh, it's, and he honestly, finds a, it's like, kind of kind of heartwarming. But uh, yeah, he he goes and kind of interrogates this uh, booger la- Latino germ. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> they do. Yeah, a little... this is a. Uh, I think Carlos Alas Rocky who does uh, Rocco Mar- Rocco's Modern Life. Oh, okay. Yeah, they, they do a bit of kind of racially insensitive dialogue, which is that thing that we were talking about before, where all they're doing is inhabiting the buddy cop comedy genre. But uh, you know. It, it is a little bit racist. Like, come on, man. English. We ain't on Telemundo. All right. Yeah. All right, Jones. Um, but uh, before he can get information out, uh, Drix accidentally freezes the guy. So they have to, like, carry around this frozen germ everywhere for a while. Again, you know, Drix is there to treat the symptoms. Jones is there to investigate what is wrong with the body so they can fix it at the source. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's great. Uh, back in the real world. Whatever totem pole exists in zookeeper society, Frank and his buddy are at the bottom of it because there's like these zookeeper jocks that drive by and make fun of them. <laughs> I, I'm really interested in what their break room like life is like. Like I, I, I feel like it is some like classic mean girls shit. Like mm-hmm. it just feels like we've regressed to, you know, let, let's consider the audience that's watching this movie. It's kids. It's kids who, who like gross out humor. We have to condense adult <laughs> dynamics down to like grade school kind of razzing behavior. Yeah, this scene does not make like this. There's no point to it. It's it's really strange. And and frankly, <clears throat> at this point, 26 minutes in, I'm cringing every time it goes back to real life because mm-hmm. we're going to watch Bill Murray do some horrendous world's funniest home video shit. And I have just a really limited capacity for human beings being disgusting and not caring or knowing. Yeah, yeah. So the the, the purpose of this scene is to redirect focus from the throat to the armpit because uh, <laughs> he talks about how his daughter won't buy him deodorant, which just that's think weird... on that for a second. <laughs> I think that's part of the Shane being like a 2000 stereotype of a health nut. Well, no, just the fact that his like daughter has to make the purchasing decisions. That, that's also weird, but it's it's weird <laughs> that Shane thinks that deodorant... I mean, like, I guess the... Oh, that it causes cancer? Yeah, I don't think that's That was a prevalent accurate. myth about aluminum and deodorant uh, in the late 90s. Yeah, I, I, the, I'm surprised that this movie didn't joke about, like, didn't have Shane talking about granola and hot yoga. Yeah, g- I... Given, <sighs> given how they treated hippies back then. Oh, you know, gotta, gotta tell both sides, Ben. Got to, uh, got to, uh, got to lambast uh, both sides no. as uh, stereotypes. <laughs> no, we, we need to get this girl, uh, like you know, uh, adolescent em- emancipated from from Frank as fast as possible. Yeah. Is what we need to do. Well, Frank was right this one time because the deodorant doesn't cause cancer. Yeah, but he, you know, it you probably know, has some other health effects. But whatever. In in the one moment 
where Frank doesn't listen to his daughter, or, or when, when Frank does listen to his daughter, it's bad for him. Mm-hmm. Swing and a miss. Um, but in the pits, we <laughs> have the, the, the sauna. Uh, Thrax is here, and he approaches a godfather germ. It's so good. It's I love like, the back and forth, the like love, playful stuff. Oh, yeah. It, and it's, it's purely, I mean, it, with the buddy cop genre, you generally have these are the local, these are the bad guys whom start the movie as the bad guys, and there's this new hotshot villain comes into town and up upends the existing you know organized crime structure to do to pull off and you're thinking too small old man and like mm-hmm. kills him and now all the henchmen work for him like it's pretty classic but the fact that it's in a sauna with a godfather germ mm-hmm. again my favorite thing about uh Fillmore <laughs> is that it's breathing new life into this tire genre by putting this weird, by doing it through this uh, fantastic voyage plot line. Yeah, yeah. In in the in a, an actual buddy cop, you know, somebody stabs the the Don and the blood goes down the drain. Here, you stab the Don and the Don goes down the drain. That, that's true. That's a good point. I, I didn't think of that a uh, little uh, cinematic shorthand of the blood going down the drain, but it it's copied precisely. Yeah, and in the and, funniest way possible. Uh. Also, sort of in the cultural moment at the time, Thrax claims to be deadlier than Ebola. Not just um, that; he says it like he's comparing dick sizes at the, in a in a prison. Like Ebola yeah. is just a case of dandruff compared to me. Yeah, I don't know if this is really how gangsters compare dicks, but I hope it is. They talk about Ebola, <laughs> like <laughs> always. If, Ebola and dandruff. They're like, my dick is so big that if I had Ebola, it would take a while for it to completely bleed out through the dick. <laughs> That's what a, that's what a, you do with Ebola. I've never been to prison, and I don't think I would do well. No, no, clearly not. <laughs> you you would get Casanova Frankenstein the first day. Sorry, I, 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 when I saw the when I saw the little uh, death finger that he has, the little death oh, yeah, claw, they, I just they, kept on thinking Casanova Frankenstein with a little pinky thing. Yeah, with a little pinky with like the sharpened nail. <sighs> what a good villain! Do we want to talk about the scene uh, back in live action? No. It's just another, Frank has another scene where he's a chicken shit dad. Yeah. I don't, Shane, I don't even remember what happened in it. I just remember she's, he was, he was She's just like, terrible. dad, would you come with us and chaperone on my class trip that I really care about? And he's like, I'll consider it. And then Uncle Bob is like, you want to see a rattlesnake eating football? And that's it. Yeah. Uncle Bob followed him from, uh, from, uh, from Groundhog Day, right? Who it's the same actor. Who is this guy? I assumed it was Rob Schneider, but it's not. No, it's not Rob Schneider. It's uh, Chris I, well, Elliott. I'm just thinking about like who's going to be in this movie. <laughs> it's Chris Elliott. Okay, I don't know who that is. I think I think it's the cameraman from uh, Groundhog Day. That sounds... Yes, yes, you're the, right. The guy who follows him around and is, mm-hmm. is like a good foil to show... See, that's the guy... He's the guy who should be who should be the main character in this because he's he's... He he's the bottom of the barrel. He's the one in Groundhog Day who makes Bill Murray look like the reasonable alternative. Yeah, I don't. He's bad here too because he kind <laughs> of like eyes Frank's daughter a little bit in a weird way. I I didn't see that. I I thought of him mostly as an enabler. Yeah, yeah. I, he there's something menacing about him that's not like dealt with. <laughs> oh yeah, no. He's. I mean, like he he definitely like hasn't gone to prison but it was a close call you know yeah it's not for lack of trying well yeah it's 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 because he wasn't competent enough to pull the pull the crime off and he was like deemed 
small enough fish not to bother with. Yeah, he tried making drugs in his uh, RV, but he just pepper sprayed himself by accident instead. Yeah, <laughs> yep. <laughs> I, like, I like the mythology that we're building for this, this sad... <laughs> This sad, sad man. The, the great thing about improvising about, like, the saddest thing that can happen to a dumb criminal is that there's no bottom. <laughs> anyway. Um, so Jones uh, makes a call to the brain. He's trying to follow up on the what he did hear from the, the germ. Uh, he's after the red death. One second. White blood cell sees some shit going down, makes a call to the brain so he can make some decisions on whether or not to send more resources his way. That's good. <laughs> yeah, again, it's not literal, but like the it's, it's close there. enough to make enough set like there are chemical enough... signals that are sent to determine if you need to increase white blood cell production. It's yes. It's so good. It's I mean like I maybe this just doesn't hit with people who aren't as enamored with biology as I am. Mhm. You know, there, there's the for the people for whom Fantastic Voyage works, they will enjoy this movie in a very specific way that I don't think was its target audience. And you know, I'm it, sorry that I'm drawing so much attention to something that people don't care about. No, it, you know, it occurs to me that like when I was young, I was terrified of everything body related. This might have been the first time I was like, maybe it's not so bad. Like this <laughs> yeah, stuff is compared, cool <laughs> compared to the real life of Frank's hellish existence. <laughs> Yeah, I don't want to see inside Frank's actual body. No, no, it's 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 just it's all grout. It's it's all grout and gravy. <laughs> um and they make their way to the nose. So at at this point I think Red Death uh we we see part of uh Thrax's plan which is to mask the symptoms of whatever he's going to do. You know, mm. when he pulls off his big criminal heist, he's going to mask it as the common cold. Yeah, yeah, so this is a decoy attack on the nose. Um, we we see how like dust pollen works also, which uh, sets up for later. It it does. It's a it's a little extraneous, but the one thing that this scene accomplishes is that it raises the tension between uh with between Ozzy and Drix because mm-hmm. Ozzy accidentally causes a sneeze, which uh you know causes these cracks along the nose dam or whatever. That there's some biology that doesn't make I, any I sense. I love this like high stakes. Oh no, like everything could go like awful in um, any minute now and then the dam breaks and like his nose Achoo. runs a little <laughs> yeah it's it's kind of that devaluing of their crisis into just an average it's like the same thing with if you think about thrax's very humble origin it's just kind of very funny mm-hmm. you know very a huge crisis this is this makes all the newspapers but from the outside it he sneezed <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah so osmosis uh, like jones and drix just have some more more conflict about what priorities there are it's i don't know it it didn't really read to me um but well, well what's yeah. happening is you know drix is getting more adorations because of the job he did at the nose which is um, short-term direct solution and he's Jones getting is... he's getting the the credit because of the short-term direct solution and nobody sees the value of jones's long-term investigation yeah, so he's he doesn't like, get any guys credit. this could be viral and the mayor's like no 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 we're we need to ignore all that because I've got this great idea for my re-election campaign. Mm-hmm. We're going to go to the Buffalo, New York Wing Festival. I can't believe this was an actual plot point in the movie. I can't believe that the Wing Festival in Buffalo didn't exist, and then the movie came out, and now it does exist because of the movie. Oh, like the swing line stapler? Like the red stapler from uh, uh-huh. Office Space? <laughs> yep. Art nice. made life. 
Uh, yep, I guess so. Um, so yeah, I, like the the difference in values of the body. Well, yeah, and like let's bring that back to Frank's condition. Um, we've got Drix. He does the short term solution, and he gets praised for it. Fast acting and long lasting. Yep, Jones does the long term kind of investigation work that is going to pay off, but he doesn't get any credit for it at this point. It takes a while. Uh, bring that over to Frank's life. He does all the short-term, you know, how do I make it through the day kind of stuff. Doesn't do any long-term stuff because that's not what the brain responds to, mm-hmm. which we fucking see <laughs> in, in, like, in, in actuality. We see the brain doesn't respond to the long-term stuff. So, I, I don't know. It's, it's cool again, guys. <laughs> what, do you, um, what do you think of this bit um, where Ozzy and Drix have like a shouting match, but then Drix decides to stay with him in case he's right about the virus? It, it feels like a necessary uh, kind of turnaround for Drix to make in order for them to bond, but I don't think it was mo- well motivated. No, it was very fast. I think what they're going for is just that uh, Drix is responding to Jones's obvious kind of love of country. And yeah, his, his passion. Like, he knows his heart's in the right place, and that's good, that's good enough for Drix. Also, like, when Drix's job is done, he's not needed anymore, he will be flushed. So, like... I think they should have done a little bit with that where he is like has a self-preservation instinct too. Or maybe that he recognizes that his benefits are short term, but he wants to make a real difference. And he sees that Jones is his way to do that. Man, I always looked up to you. Really? I always looked up to you. (laughs) Exactly. So so adoration of the Magi. That could be what uh, what motivates it, but it does lead to them having that nice buddy cop bonding moment, and this works for me. Yeah, when Jones tells about his history and why he's so reviled on the Force. Yeah, and I love Chris Rock's delivery of the whole thing of, like, <laughs> sometimes you can be too careful. Um, and the story, just to, to, to <laughs> reference, you know, the passive listener might have thought that our monkey egg chart topper would you know, remain in first place until the end of the movie. I can't believe that Bill Murray does something even grosser in this. <laughs> and it, it, what, what happens? So he's at the science fair. He's at, yeah, he's at the science fair, and he eats your Be, average being science a good fair. Dad, he's, he, he's supporting he, his daughter. He eats your average science fair oysters, as we've all done before. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, well, the kid is like, yeah, I wanted to see if they could clean some of the polluted water. And he's like, did they? And he's like, uh yeah totally sure they did yeah and i just like no self-preservation like frank comes across as like it's that too innocent thing it's how do you not have this self-preservation capacity where you eat raw oysters that some kid brought in to a science fair (laughs) he's hungry he likes oysters it's just amazing. Like, and so Jones sees the little bacteria come in on the, the oyster, and so he hits the emergency puke button. Yep, but the problem is that he pukes all... The Frank pukes all over the teacher. Um, the teacher... for I don't know. Apparently vomiting on someone is, is grounds for a restraining order. And, and also fired. getting fired from your job. What At is wrong with this town? Factory. <laughs> what is wrong with this town? Like, I don't... I don't like Frank, but they shouldn't treat him like this. There should have been just like some lead hanging around inside of Frank's body to give us some context. <laughs> um, yeah, but he there's this weird detail that Jones says where like Frank got fired from the pea soup factory. Uncle Bob got him a job as a zookeeper and it was a 90% pay cut. 
how much do they pay you at the pea soup factory? <laughs> well, he must have been a top guy, yeah? No, like, we've seen him. He has a Bob Oblong job. He's a, he's a, he's like a, you know, a, um, he's at the, the assembly line. Really, I gotta wonder why zookeepers are not paid very well. No, that's a, that's a hard job. It's a hard <laughs> you gotta, job. You gotta wrestle monkeys. You gotta like, get it. You gotta have rattlesnakes follow footballs. There's a lot to it. I want to see the the like. I want to see the sitcom about the management of this zoo, and then every episode these guys come in like you won't believe what just happened. <laughs> like Parks and Rec, but for zoos is what I, I want. I, I do agree that like it it tells you a lot about how much what, what we what, and what we're doing here. What we're doing here is we're showing how much Frank has lost because of Jones's decision to think with long-term consequences and long-term con- mm-hmm. lo- or long-term planning have short-term consequences that are not always good. And also, you know, if you act in a way that appears rash to other people because they don't see what you see, they're not as observant, they're not as um, aware of, or they don't care as much about the greater good. Mm-hmm. Um, then Man, why do we have can. this government thing anyway? All it does is get in my way. Well, that's the that's the that's the fun analogy. Jones is suspended due to unnecessary force, <laughs> and that that's a little uncomfortable. <laughs> but, but what I in, like in today's in today's it times. is. Um, there's no there's no emergency like United States puke button. No, maybe there should be. <laughs> Ooh, well, I think that's what Calexit's about, right? I'm I'm pretty sure that's Florida. Um, but Drix, you know, the bonding comes from the fact that Drix is like, I think your actions were justified. If you were concerned, That's that so was the cute. reasonable thing to do. That's so cute to me. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, amazing. Um, they're in the car right now. And I'll say another, I mean, this is our, my second great sells as cars moment. This car moves with cilia. Yes. Like a little, like a millipede. It's, <laughs> it looks great. Uh, um, I, th- and, I think that maybe yeah. part of what they're also going for is the story for Frank of like he used to be marginally better about long-term thinking and now he's more rash than he used to be. Yeah, he, he's lashing out at the world. And it's because his uh, his wife died. Right. And like I think he's something. sort of given up on the idea of trying to, you know, keep himself healthy. It's um, like a death wish. Yeah, it it's it and it's it's not perfectly articulated in the movie, but I think that's what they're going for here is that both he and Jones uh had a big loss and that has colored the way they interact with the world around them. Right, right. Which is he's, he's which like, is to lash out on at the society that they're in. Yeah, cuz his daughter is like you got to take care of yourself because I know from my mom dying that, you know, we all meet our end at some point and Frank's the opposite. He's like Cancer would have got her either way. Like vegetables weren't gonna do it. Yeah, it's uh, and they and they say that later in like one of the greatest like, oh, this is a five year old that is for some reason an adult. Like he <laughs> like absolute no understanding of the consequences of poor hygiene. Mm-hmm. Where uh, he says something to the effect of, uh, you know, germs didn't kill her, sickness did, or something fucking yeah, crazy. It's yes. wa- and uh, he continues to win Father of the Year in this next scene, where he claims to be handicapped at a restaurant so that he doesn't have to wear shoes, and then he puts his <laughs> ingrown toenail up on the, the table, table for the no world socks, to see, no and then, in and then ruins face. his daughter's plan of going hiking by saying, like, you gotta come to this wing festival, honey. This chicken wing festival reveal is just monstrous. <laughs> 
<laughs> you can see the moment, like you can see the exact moment where Shane's heart breaks, <laughs> like Simpsons, Simpsons Ralph break, heartbreaking moment kind of style, where she realized that everything would be better if her dad was dead. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> like, and it's really hard to watch. Um, Leia speaks up as his conscience. Um, yep. It pays off later because he goes to Shane's teacher um, to like say hey maybe maybe i can be a chaperone please let me do this please let me be a good dad but he messes that up too mm-hmm. um but we see like again he seems like he's just this like thing that carries around the body parts that we need to zoom in on yeah he, he doesn't seem to have much agency in his own life which is haunting and maybe also um maybe, maybe also um a very small kind of point that they're making which is like when the body's not in good shape you can't make good decisions because you know your brain bureaucracy is all fucked up it's kind of horrifying to think that like if we ignore the animated uh, spinoff um what if frank's body is the only one that works this way (laughs) oh and they have to autopsy him to figure out how he works (laughs) like yeah it's like men in black they turn the light on the open body and they all scram are all of us like this do we all have like I didn't realize that my small intestine had so many googly eyes on it. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I mean, I, I had a little experiment, you see. <laughs> I wanted to beat the oyster guy at the science fair. <laughs> yeah, there's only one way to do it. <laughs> Can organs gain sentience if you put googly, eye, googly eyes on them? <laughs> anyway, um, uh, moving on. Uh, Jones goes and shakes down the usual suspects for info. He and Drix are on the beat trying to figure out what the... What the hell went on with that? Uh, with those cold symptoms, and he thinks that there's something else. So he goes to, you know, just your just your alley craps game. Well, it's a cockfighting ring. Oh, that's right. It's like uh, the chicken pox. And I love that the informant is the is the flu vaccine. I didn't I didn't catch that. He's like, I was injected in here to snitch on the flu only. Holy shit! I didn't realize that. <laughs> walk me through. Walk me through the thought process. It, well, so like. Um, well, Drix is. Jones tells Drix like, "Yeah, that's a that's a that's a flu vaccine," and uh, Drix is like, "He doesn't look fluish," which was a big Spaceballs laugh reference. line at the time, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he he Jones busts up the ring. You know, oh, we got to shake this guy down. He's pissed off. Tony Shalhoub and MIB. You know. Yep, <laughs> it's the same thing. Uh, you know, I was injected in here to snitch on the flu only, and Jones says, you know, I'm sure Johnny Streptococcus would be very interested to hear about that. Oh, the man. vaccine's part of the virus protection program. It's all great. Johnny Streptococcus and the melanoma family. <laughs> <laughs> but the idea here is, you know, a vaccine is injected in you. It's a weak strain of what in this world would be a criminal element uh, that's designed to help the white blood cells get used to dealing with the criminal element so like it's really perfect that he's a snitch yeah it's 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 joey the squealer yeah dealing with no johnny tight lips here that that is really awesome i i did i i'm sad that i missed that because it's perfect because he's he's still not good he's not a good guy he's a little nefarious but it makes the white blood cell more capable of figuring out how Mm -hmm. to combat the sickness yeah and they go in for some enhanced interrogation God, and he's only supposed to do it for the flu shot. So, like, they have to, they had to get rough with him. And there's that good, like, they, they, they leave off the, um, the, 
the actual cool biological parallel and jump into the buddy cop parallel because they do the good cop bad cop thing where he's like oh you wouldn't want to make this guy mad he's a uh, you know he's extra strength for uh you know just for <laughs> fast acting relief and he like does like the cocking his arm thing yeah this is where he's tr- this is the part where the loose cannon shows the straight laced cop like hey this can actually be effective yeah follow my lead yeah and the vaccine tells them that thrax will be at the zit the new club on the forehead <laughs> And it's it's nice, like I do like that. Uh, you know, I don't much believe them as like a as a as a buddy cop pairing. Like I think he's too much of a stuffed shirt. But I like that after they have that kind of cute getting to know each other. You know, you were justified scene mm-hmm. that Drix is willing to follow his lead. Yeah. You know. Um. Yeah. But they go to the Zit, which is a nightclub, and it's like a pulsing, pounding nightclub, which is gross and great in equal parts. And uh, Kidney Rock is playing. Uh, yeah, so I gotta, like, the whole section is just a lot of, this whole section is not much plot, mostly atmosphere. A lot of it is just rush hour scenes and Mm -hmm. a Kid Rock reference. By the way, it's actually voice acted by Kid Rock and Joey C. Yeah, and like... And by the way, I went down a pretty intense Joey C hole. Interesting. Like, in in the, in the, in in Wikipedia, like, research. Tell me what you saw on your C hole. Uh, I don't know, like, it's just a, it's actually, like, a really powerful, cute story. You know, Joey C had celiac disease, and, uh, he, you know, he was a big fan of Chris Rock, and Chris Rock, and he, Kid like, Rock? got some, or Kid Rock, yeah, thank you. He, could, he it could have been Chris Rock, I don't know. Could have also been a big fan of Chris Rock, which explains his place in this movie. Um, no, he went to Kid Rock's concerts, and apparently asked someone to ask Kid Rock for him if he could smoke a blunt with him, and... <laughs> He kept on, like, standing on tables and shouting all the lyrics, and Kid Rock's just like, this this motherfucker's got a lot of energy. I want him on my crew. <laughs> I don't know. It's a very, really cute story. Ah, Kid Rock's weird. That, that's an odd moment, yeah. But before he started uh, doing advertisements, and, and them dancing in this in this nightclub scene is just the y'all scene from Rush Hour. Mm-hmm. It's just the same thing. It's just and- goony buddy cop comedy stuff. Yeah, and Drix, you know, keeps an eye on the floor while uh, Jones goes to, to you know, track. He tracks the mooks down to Thrax's uh, hideout. Yep, we we see a little heist scene where they they're, they're mapping, they're casing the place, and you see instead of like blueprints for the bank, you see a like a like a anatomical reference sheet, like the human body. Mm-hmm. It could it could have been like a game of operation, honestly. <laughs> I I think it's kind of cute. Like they yeah. have like the actual science seventh grade science kind of poster as mm-hmm. their uh, as their blueprints. And uh, Thrax's plan is he's going to infect the hypothalamus, which uh, regulates the body temperature, and steal a DNA bead. Did you understand okay. this? Okay, okay. So remember that part where Jones fired discharged his weapon and caused a cramp, mm-hmm. like a white blood cell causes a cramp. Obviously, this makes no sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's no bio. There's no biology prompting this but it's the only thing that like i don't know it's it's easy to understand like oh you're gonna fuck with the brain the brain <laughs> controls the temperature the temperature goes out goes all wacko it's like the most convenient thing that a single cell could do if you just follow the rules that they're telling you like yeah it's and it's obviously it's a- biological nonsense but like i'm not looking at the biology right now and it's a little bit of a weird, like, plot necessity thing where, like, why wouldn't this guy use his, like, lightsaber finger? Um, it's because he wants to keep a memento of the people he's killed. And he doesn't want them to know that he's caused a problem until he's able to exit the body safely. Yeah, he's got, like, that, uh, he's got, like, a little, um, 
uh, guy from Austin Powers, the uh, the, the the Lucky, Lucky Charms, Charms assassin. Yeah. yeah, he's got a little bit of that going on. Yeah, um, and, and he is megalomaniacal and he's fame seeking, so it makes sense that he's have some idiosyncrasies like this. Honestly, I didn't pay any attention to it. It's just, oh, okay, plot. You you say he's going to infect the hypothalamus, steal a DNA bead. You got it. Like <laughs> it's not even the most egregious like plot hand wave in this movie. So like, don't worry about it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Jones gets outed as a cop. Um, Drix breaks the wall. There's a fight. There's a this grenade the, launch. The club explodes. This is the uh-huh, uh-huh moment where he's dancing. Yeah. And it's like, you're under arrest, criminals. And we get David Hyde Pierce trying to act funky. And it's really jarring and, and un- unsettling. It, it's like, I don't, I don't know. what I know what they were going for. I don't know why they thought this was okay to keep in. It cringes a little bit. Like, it's it's not a... It's, Honestly, not, it's not funny. It's not. It doesn't help anyone. <laughs> I think this and a couple of the other like lines were just to put into trailers. It could be, yeah. Um, but anyway, but yeah, the zit pops, and the zit pops, and like this poor guy. Like I, I don't like Frank, but I. There's something going on with his. Uh, he's got some bad karma. Um, you know, yet again, he's in front of the teacher, begging to let the teacher. Um, rescind the restraining order just so he can go on the hiking trip that he doesn't even want to go on with his daughter. And the zit pops and lands on her lip and oh. she 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 was about to let him in but because he's so gross, she's like fuck that. This is it's the same kind of, like what is wrong with this town? This is, this like image sticks with you of like the thing popping and leaving and the way that she wipes it away and I don't know what they there's use a sound for effect. that yeah there's a, some just, some like ugh. grizzly sticky like slorpy kind of sound effect for it it's like those videos online where people are like uh squeezing whiteheads oh sure this is like a jackass moment like you can't look away i and maybe this is weird to me i really love popping my own whiteheads uh-huh like it's it's very um cathartic like it's probably like a psychological deficiency that i have that i like uh that i just like fuck with my like face in in ways every so often like i like picking out like the hairs between my eyebrows instead of getting a razor i think that's yeah, I bite uh, my nails it's like it's just very satisfying to kind of like manually see oh this is a thing that's not perfect i'm gonna fuck with it and like i know that it won't end up good but there's yeah. there's still something that, cathartic that's the in point. doing. No, it's like scratch. It's like it's like picking out a scab. I you know when I'm it. putting the potato chips in my mouth that I shouldn't take an, another one. But then it's already there. I shouldn't even swallow the one I got in my mouth. I just spit it out. Like I've already gotten everything that <laughs> I'm going to get. Spit it out from on the it. floor and make a monkey eat it. <laughs> See yeah. how he likes it. <laughs> yeah, tables have turned. Shoes on the other foot, monkey. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not wearing shoes. He's got that ingrown toenail. <laughs> oh my mistake he's handicapped <laughs> oh, God damn just, it frank i'm so torn between wanting frank to die and <laughs> feeling really bad about how society treats him just because he's gross because mm-hmm. because like res- the restraining order in the first place like there's got to be more going on than he just he was gross at a public function right <laughs> like he he must have like stumbled into her house while she was sleeping to apologize and that's what what did there because it can't just be this it can't just be the scenes can't we've it, seen can't it been everything's wrong got, in this town maybe chris elliott was like listen i think that she's kind of into you and then it just got really bad really quick mm, maybe that's 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 my guess um, um but yeah this is this is a rare case where the villain's um 
goals of notoriety and world destruction work hand in hand. And I thought like him cackling to himself about his plan and then like laying low to try and like make the plan work after all, even though he's on the hunt, like it all, it all gelled. I think this villain has really well defined motivations. This, this is a really good moment where he's, he's hiding out and he's like, oh, we're still going to go for the plan, but he's just sort of, uh, sort of, he, he's kind of jazzed about being hunted. Like mm-hmm. he's, he's really in the, he's really in the cat and mouse kind of game. Like this is what powers him. And it's great. Lawrence, Lawrence Fishburne delivery. <laughs> They're making this too easy. <laughs> you know, in all the bodies I've been in, no one has ever gotten wise to me. And now for the first time. An immunity cell has figured out everything, and they don't believe him. (laughs) Can you taste the irony in that? (laughs) Shut up! What are you two laughing at? And just like that that little delivery on, and they don't believe him, is... Mm. Um, So, back at the precinct... I don't honestly remember what happened. Like, is this where he cleans out his desk? Yeah, Jones thinks he's going to get, like, an award because he dealt with Thrax, but nobody believes him. And so they like, you, you've you destroyed this property. You know, you've, you've wrecked our chances of whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. you're, you're out. You're off the force. Turn in your gun. This is when he, um, when he enters, he says, Brandy, I mean, Leia. To Leia? Voice actress Brandy? Really? He used the wrong name, and they thought the delivery was so good they kept it in. Oh, just uh, hmm. I I had no idea. Yeah, it was really weird. Like and like show notes that thing because I don't I didn't realize that. <laughs> it kind of works with the character. Like oh, you know he gets around. But if they had set that up, maybe I I don't know. That's a weird thing to be like. I like the way you said that. Let's keep that in. Like no, it, you don't you don't do it, it that. Maybe, it maybe gets kind of back to that. Like this is a, a, a kind of. Uh, this is kind of a lecherous, uh, this is the lecherous uh, black guy kind of stereotype sort of thing yeah. that is not great. Well, that's I think what maybe, I mean. Maybe you could get around it by just saying, like, um, you know, he's so jazzed about making a difference that he's just, like, super high energy at the moment and is just, like, flubbing his words and, like, speaking real fast and loose even compared to his regular self. Maybe. No, I, thought, I thought, like, in that scene where they were flirting early on, like, if she had said, like, oh, I bet you say that to everyone, like, to this person and to Brandy and to this girl, like... Nah, baby, Jones is a one-man blood cell, one-woman blood cell. <laughs> he's also a one-man blood cell. Yeah, he's got, he's, just, he's one pill blood cell. Um, but yeah, he gets fired. Uh, Drix gets a dressing down as well. Please vacate the body. Yep, but, but uh, you know, so they have, like, kind of that fond farewell that falls a little bit flat, but is, is still kind of fine. Yeah, this um, is all pretty, pretty fast. There's there is a there is a live action scene that uh that kind of goes along with it wherein uh, uh Frank and his daughter Shane are are talking and Shane gives him the business blames him for his mom's death I think this was a little bit underdeveloped we are meant to empathize with Frank because he did just try but it's so hard to empathize with him this is what I'm saying is like they really picked a character whom they thought they could put emotional moments with but is also the grossest part. Like either the character needed to be written a little differently or just needed to not be Bill Murray. Cause I, I want to feel bad for him at the same time of wanting him to die. I can only feel pity and hatred toward him. I know it's so hard to be empathetic. It, the best, the probably the best uh, part is when after she yells at him to like clean up his act and eat right. He like keeps eating circus candy peanuts. Yeah. And like, 
it frames him a little bit as like an addict a little bit like like this is how he copes yeah i I mean like i see it and it's not as though it's an unrealistic uh reaction to a loved one dying no is to have like for this trauma to be like and we know that the 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 death was fairly recent because the teacher remembers what it does to what it did to shane so probably sometime within the past couple of years yeah but it, it only works to empathize us with him if we had seen him when he was better Maybe I don't. I'm not exact. I think it's just that we've seen him being so shit. It's the bu- like honestly, it's a wing festival moment that really did it. Oh baby, yeah. <laughs> it's like it's just like oh, and and like the idea that he doesn't understand that eating poorly and having no health conscious diet is is you know why you get sick. Mm-hmm. Like I I can't treat this person as an adult. I like absolutely. This is not a caretaker I would trust with a with a with a person. Mm-hmm. I can only feel judgment for him. And, yeah. and I don't want to. I don't want to think that because of his lifestyle. It's just. It's not the fact that he's unhealthy. It's the fact that he's so innocent of his uh, his own um, his own unhealthiness. Yeah, and and that he has to step up because his daughter is relying on him. And, and not just that. It's that uh, you know a person that is that old would not have would not be that innocent, and that makes him hard to relate to. You know that he is he's a man child, and that those are always hard to relate to. Even though he yeah, might, he, he doesn't sell the pathos in. of it. Yeah, his heart might be in the right place, but I just can't I can't connect to this organism, <laughs> this yeah. creature. Um he goes to sleep and it's during this whole uh <laughs> this 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 whole, you know, Jones kind of walk they have that nice pan across shot of you know, it's a buddy cop thing of like he's just gotten thrown off the force and the like, the new guy is going to get checked out of town. He he's 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 being shipped back to wherever the hell. Mm-hmm. And they're all kind of walking their own separate ways. We check in on the mayor who's like planning for the trip and we see Jones walk into a subconscious a Frank's subconscious movie theater, which is a mm-hmm. funny idea where you can watch some of the dreams that Frank is having such as Honey, I forgot my pants and you know, girls from the bus stop. <laughs> I think this movie might have been uh, served as some inspiration for Inside Out. Um, I still have to see it. You still haven't seen Inside Out. I still have to see it. Yeah, I I think you'll like it. I, I I've been I've been told that I'll like it. I just I haven't gotten around to it. I don't. I think it's like the 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 emoticon kind of aesthetic just doesn't do it for me. Mm-hmm. It's just a little too cutesy. It, it's it's the. It's it's not the meeps the uh, the minions. It's that mm-hmm. minion aesthetic that I really chafe against. It, it starts that way. You kind of get past it. You get used to it. Yeah, I can give it a shot. It's just uh, I think I just <clears throat> I I had become aware of that movie after I had seen the minions, and I was just still pretty raw to it, and I just never picked it back up. Why did you go to see the minions? Or not the minions, just I, I saw a Despicable Me and I hated the minions so much, and then I saw them marketed everywhere. <laughs> I became aware of minions, and my life has been on a steep downcline since then. It, it's kind of how like I'm aware of Baby Yoda, and because he's everywhere, I hate him more every time I see him. Uh huh. You know, it, it's this, it's a similar thing. It's not that I've seen a lot of him, but like I can't get away from the internet collectively falling in love with the minions. Kill just, fuck Mary. Just, just bugs me. Baby Yoda, Baby Groot, minion. Baby Groot is is absolutely the one I kill. I. <laughs> I can't tell you how much I I dislike. Although he's gonna go to good places when he gets like he's he's got a good arc to him. I feel like that's someone I can grow hold with. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, probably, the tree. I probably kill, I probably kill Baby Yoda. That's fair. And I think I think I hate I think I hate I hate fuck the minions. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, like presumably they like they they can probably like join up all like a rector set style into like the 
the approximation of a body I would want. Yeah, and they got those rounded edges, you know. <laughs> those rounded edges. That's you know, that's really where I like to lay pipe is, is some nice rounded edges. <laughs> you know, you 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 joke, but that is kind of true. <laughs> So one weird choice in this uh, in this scene is, um, you know, from when they say goodbye to the whole like checking out the movie, there's this sad music that plays, but it continues for when we see Thrax infiltrating the brain. Like I... like we see him do his dastardly scheme of like slipping past the guards and like disabling the security system, and it's still this like sad like woe is me music. It's not like. It's not like a tense music. I, I think that's actually kind of effective because it makes it seem like a foregone conclusion. Like, oh, he's fucked. Like, the, this brain is in disarray. We've seen that the one chance this body had to correct itself is now being not listened to. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, like, I, I think that maybe... Yeah, he was already, he was already doomed. You, you know, take him. The, the only problem with it is that we know it's a buddy cop comedy, and so obviously he's going to get out of it fine. So we, they should really be building to a climactic moment. Yeah, low point, expect a rising action. This is the sort of lead out that you get in a tragic movie, not in a comedy movie. So Yeah, yeah. Doesn't quite sell it. Um, but he infects the hypothalamus. It disrupts the DNA, if whatever. It's, the temperature it's a nice, goes up. It's a nice animation moment where he, like, makes the force shields go down with his, like, hyperactive needle tentacle thing. Mm-hmm. Where he, like, he pierces the, the shield, the the kind of bluish shield around the hypothalamus and it like short circuits for a second. Like the shields are down captain. Yeah. And then I like the, the DNA. Um, I like how when the temperature starts rising and, uh, you know, Jones realizes something's mm. up and he asks his, he asks hey, the guy buddy, next to him in the theater, <laughs> what's, what's temperature? And he has a watch. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> Those little throwaway details of like, how do cells kind of keep track of what's going on in the body? Like all like the mass media, like oh, there was a big spasm in Frank's leg today. The way information travels in this is pretty amazing. And it actually makes sense because the circadian rhythm is pretty consistent. So things mm-hmm. aren't like you don't necessarily need to know the time so much as you need to know the body state. And the temperature of the body affects how fast enzymes work. Like, yeah, it kind of I'm, I'm twisting my brain because I want this to work more than it does. Yeah. Like, and it's not perfect, but like there's enough there that you can kind of latch onto the ideas. It's cute. I'll, Every... I'll give it the benefit of the doubt at this point. Honestly, there's probably like. For everything that we're pointing out that is a cool piece of connectivity to the way a body works, there's probably two where it's like exactly counter to that, but it's not what I'm focusing on. Exactly. Um, Leia goes uh, to warn the mayor about the temperature, and he ignores it. Yep. Mayor don't give a shit. But uh, Um, she raises the alarm. (laughs) Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Well, she raises the alarm because she's the black cop's girlfriend. You know, like, really? It's really just the same. It's it's, it's the same as the bomb... the, the 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 person who is the bomb on the bomb defusal squad in rush hour right it's the same mm-hmm. thing is like you know they, they haven't really had a lot in common with each other at this point but she needs to be this character so she is so she takes him at his word even though he's kind of shitty i don't know um and and thrax like to avoid detection slips into the subconscious and he gets disoriented by like all of Frank's memories. <laughs> Just you know, how messed up Frank was. <laughs> this cat was sick before I even got here. It's a good. Yeah. It's a good line. I don't think it really belongs in Thrax, it, though. It's weird because like, this is the one point of vulnerability we've seen from him. It seems like it should come up again. <laughs> it's yeah. It's it's not a line that Thrax would have. Thrax doesn't seem like a wry humor sort of character. No, but it's but um, it's his uh, presence that poisons the dream that alerts Ozzy. 
Well, it alerts Ozzy because Ozzy's watching the fucking dream where Thrax, like, he, they're just both in the same spot. Oh, that's a cool coincidence. <laughs> like, it makes no sense. Like, everything up until this point, he's been following leads and he's been, you know, following where the body's been sick. This is pure coincidence that they happen to be in the same spot. I think he would have figured it out soon enough anyway. He's like, oh, temperature rises after I thwarted a virus. Hmm, I don't know. Yeah, that's not how they play it. They, like, see him escaping the scene. It's, uh, you know. Yep. But he sees it, and he, he's like, you know what? I love my I love my country. I love this body. I'm going to shoot off in pursuit, even though I'm off the force. I can still do some good, long-term goodness, that whole thing. And it's time to lead up to the climactic finale. But he's yeah, going to need some partner. backup. Yeah. <laughs> he goes to get the uh, drinks at the bladder. Yep. Who's gonna? Who's preparing for evacuation? Yep, that's good. Uh, um, and he he convinces Drax, uh, Drix not to get into the, uh, not not to get on board. Don't go on that train, you you fool. Um, and he says uh, he, he gives this kind of fun line, which is, "I know sugar pills that have cured cancer just because they believe they could." Placebo effect. It's it's good. It's very good. And I really wish one thing that had happened would be us seeing you know there's been really good connectivity between the way drix looks and his function we've seen him kind of open up his chest cavity with all those like little capsules it would have been great if we saw that he didn't have any left i was thinking the same thing like we he needs to have fulfilled his purpose and like he's got to be out of ammo yeah because he's got the 72 hour kind of this is this is temporary cold relief just like the mayor said and it's got to be about him not what he can do yep yep and it, like it just it would have been an easy thing to do and they didn't do it which is uh, a little disappointing uh frank and bob are dumbasses they think beer is a proper flu to treat to treat the flu get uh get off of this get out of shane's life guys this is <laughs> well they are they're going to the wing the festival be- the where be- they will the meet be- their yeah, untimely the best end thing, the best th- they they really try they try really hard to give this girl the emancipation the emancipation she needs but um i i have to I know that we've got a little ways to go, and I know we've been going a long time. I need to grind this podcast to a screeching halt over this next scene. <laughs> I, like, I don't know how this, this, this scene hit you, but, like, this is unbelievably gauche. Uh, you talking about the bus ride? Yes. <laughs> we're seeing... So... Now we're seeing point of view character Shane, whom has never been in a shop by herself with children that are her friends, whom we've never seen before. And the entire scene consists of them offering her false eyelashes to apply in the bus, in a moving bus. In a moving bus. She's like, (laughs) they do such a bad job. And it's like not like a convivial relationship we've seen with her and her classmates. She doesn't get along with her classmates. It's not like they're prompting her into it's not like they're needling her or something. Like this is just a, a friendship she apparently has. And they're like, hey, you want to try these false eyelashes on? <laughs> so, she's like, so, oh sure. And it's that's the end of the scene. There, there, this scene is ostensibly for two reasons, but it absolutely could have been done better. One, show that she's on a bus going in a certain direction where she can encounter um Frank later, mm-hmm. and two have false eyelashes on her because we, you know, Frank's going to go to the hospital and she's going to be at his bedside. Critical that she has false eyelashes. She need to be dolled up for this when she goes to his hospital bed because there's going to be a climactic fight scene on her eyelashes, and the fact that they are fake is going to matter. This is literally the most egregious. Like it is so dumb. <laughs> it, it's the it's 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 the most egregious Chekhov's gun I have ever seen. 
and it's it's not as it's not as clever as Chekhov's gun because Chekhov's gun is just there in the background while other things are going on. This is on in on se- like this is on center <clears throat> fucking stage, and I, it it's the most egregious example of a setup a plot point later scene that I've literally ever seen. Parts of the script feel like they have been polished to a shine, and parts of it feel like they have never been edited. This this is like a, the number one example of oh we barely had time to get a good director and actor for the live action segment but you know what in this city that they live in where everything's already so weird i it's no it's fucking awful zane like i can't i can't excuse this at all it doesn't uh, it doesn't contribute to the whole you know society treats uh frank like the piece of shit that he probably is but maybe doesn't deserve in those moments mm-hmm. it, it doesn't really correspond to any kind of uh you know, long-term versus short-term sort of parallel that we get in the body. It It's, I I actually, I refuse to believe that this is the most organically they could make this situation, this, this plot point happen. You and I, in half an hour, could fully write a better transition than this. When our, we could write and act it. Like, I could film it <laughs> on my phone. <laughs> it, look more, it would look more organic. I, 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 I recommend that everybody go look at this movie just for this scene because it's like you might not consider like I didn't consider I don't consider myself in general kind of a film snob or like somebody who is particularly good at picking out like the implications of every scene and like the intentionality behind a, a script and direction and things like that. Like I'm making it up as I go, but this makes me feel so smart because this is <laughs> this is like. I, it's 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 just incredible. It's just incredible. It's just so bad. Yeah, it's. Ugh. And we we're not done with the live action yet because um, so what happens is Frank is uh, losing consciousness. He's heating up too much. Well, well, that's a separate scene. This is this like this is an intermediary between yes. two animated segments. No, this is in between Frank shot. Like this oh, goes right it? to Frank. Oh, okay. I, I thought it was even worse than it was. Never mind. Well, it's, I mean, we it's, still, see, it's still very bad. Well, we see Frank kind of fading, and then we see his view of Bob from the mayor's perspective looking through his eyes. And we Haunting. see Bob calling off the trip, and the mayor's like, no, my re-election campaign. He's like, your city is dying, buddy. <laughs> yep, yep. Climate change, etc. And then, like, he calls the ambulance, and we see Shane's bus pass the ambulance, and we see Bob, like, watching his brother being loaded into an ambulance and just cracking another beer. <laughs> <laughs> They're pretty consistent with Bob, with his character. <laughs> and Bob does the worst overacting in the whole movie. Where, where, he, where he fake cries to... He'll be to, okay. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, they, they, it's the same thing as Frank, where, where, like, Shane is the adult in the room here. Mm-hmm. Um, and and in order to sell that, all the adults need to be children in her direct line of... in her in her in her life. So, in a sense, I don't hate that he's overacting, but it's only because I've already made concessions to the fact that Frank that that uh, Bill Murray is overacting. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm already used to it. It's already a thing that's in in the movie's uh, lexicon. Mm-hmm. And now, thankfully, we go back to the animated parts. Yeah, for a little bit, for a little car chase, uh, uh, car chase scene where they have like a really schlocky joke. With, Which one? Uh, oh, the. <laughs> That uh, Thrax is in the uvula, and uh, Drix says it's that dangling thing that it, it's it's that like uh, it's that little thing that dangles down from his and 
Jones goes boxer shorts and like you know, <laughs> takes takes the wrong turn to you know to, to the urethra. Yeah, it's just a really kind of schlocky dick joke, which I don't hate, but is I thought it was funny. Pretty pretty silly. <laughs> I mean, I knew it was coming because that's like one of the main things you remember about this movie is the some of the schlockier bits. But sure, sure. Um, but yeah, he he about faces. We get like a little little car chase scene there, but uh, you know, uh, there there's a, also a Wilhelm scream somewhere in there. Just you know, uh, yeah, yeah put the yeah put it on the board um but the coincidence machine continues as you know frank sees that frank or shane sees that frank's passed on the side of the road taken to the hospital the the movie is just really rocketing toward a finish with all the finesse of uh bullshit really like oh you want to talk coincidences uh thrax takes leia as a hostage i mean that yeah and that's a uh we got another buddy buddy cop comedy thing like Mm -hmm. that's a that's pretty classic. I, I don't have problems when this movie is cleaving close to that. Um, but the final confrontation is pretty cool because Drix shows up to ice Thrax, uh-huh. and Thrax is like, "Oh, okay, I, I gotta, I can, I can avoid you. I'm not afraid of you." But he's the diversion. Jones was meshed in the floor. Yeah. In that in that great white blood cell way that he does. Yeah. Um, and uh, eventually, Drix freezes Thrax's claw, and they're like, "Great, we've we've neutralized the threat. We've won." Right, but uh, not quite. He he manages to uh, get the pollen that is uh, in, in, in like that some ambient pollen. He throws it into. Some, well, he he had it. Choppers. He he kept it in his coat for oh, just God. such an emergency. You're so such a cool he's character. Such a good villain. Yeah, he's very good. He prepared for everything. Yep, uh, and he throws it because he knows that it's going to induce a sneeze, and he'll make his escape on his weird like bat cloak thing. Yeah, yeah, and they're like, "How are we going to catch him?" Uh, well. Are you good? How how good a shot are you? Better than you. <laughs> yeah, you son of a bitch. It's <laughs> <laughs> like pretty classic, pretty classic uh, partner dialogue. And uh, yeah, they they shoot a white blood cell. <laughs> like like this is fully off the rails as in in terms of how to combat a sickness at this point. Like we've already taken DNA from the hypothalamus. Like they're just like mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, Drix uh, shoots Oz Moses Jones outside of frank's body and they land on shane's eyelash and they have some hand-to-hand combat and they have some matrix fight and thrax doesn't go for the easy kill he uses his like dna lucky charm beads to strangle him yep that's not how white blood cells work but okay that's not yeah the, um and there's also like weird hip-hop music during the fight scene which just doesn't feel correct yeah, I, I get what they were going for with like a pump up street fight kind of kind of sense, but it did. Uh, this is this is the finale, guys. But but that that only works when Jones is our main character. Right now we've got Thrax, and he just he he commands a little bit more in the way of like respect yeah. than that. So it, it doesn't really doesn't really play. It could have been like really good like villain Hans Zimmer climax music, and then it transforms into hip hop when he gets the, when when Jones gets the upper hand. Yeah, I mean. I, I think the cool. fight is seen in itself is pretty good, except for the it's Matrix fine. bit. And, um, and the fact that they're on an eyelash for no reason. Well, it's really cool because Thrax goes to stab Ozzy with his finger, um, but Ozzy makes a hole in himself, and Thrax gets stuck in the false eyelash. Now, this is why it had to be a false eyelash, Ben. Because if it was no. an organic eyelash, he would have burned right through it. I think I think you'll find that eyelashes also fall out. Hmm. Yeah. Also, also, maybe it's not contagious. Like, like for what? It's, it's just <laughs> different material. Like, goddamn it! There's no. It's 
But um, like, I could understand. No, I couldn't understand. Even if it was <laughs> fucking vitally necessary that they were on a false eyelash as opposed to something else. Even I'm, let's give you the benefit of the doubt, saying let's say let's say they had to be on a false eyelash because they meticulously described the rules of this universe, wherein anything <laughs> that he touches that is organic with his little uh, Cas- Casanova Frankenstein claw. Mm-hmm. Let, let's say that they have determined through this movie that it absolutely burns through everything organic. Let's say that they've set that up in a way that this movie doesn't actually set up mechanics because that's sure. not how it operates. Even if they've done it, it's still not the most organic way they could have made it than to have a completely separate scene showing her accepting <laughs> false eyelashes from a person we've never met. Uh yeah. It still doesn't explain it. It's so weird. It's extremely strange. I can't. Oh. Anyway. Uh, but the false eyelash with Thrax attached to it falls into some isopropanol, and we get a great death scene. I feel like this was a Terminator 2 reference. It was. Yeah, it, that's what it feels. Like, instead of the uh, the thumb, they do, like, the little claw thing going down into the liquid and him dissolving. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of, like, nice, ironic punishment for him because he's been dissolving all his victims so it's cool yeah um but we're not done yet because john still has to get that dna back inside of frank yeah and unfortunately the nurses have shuttled uh shuttled uh shane out of the room where he why why is she allowed there in the first place Uh, 90s bad hospital Honest oh. guys, get out of this town. It they treat their sick people like like criminals. This doctor is way too attractive. I don't know if you've made any notes on this. <laughs> no. Yeah, he's like movie star handsome. Okay. Oh, attractive no, I did, doctor. I did notice he had kind of Doogie Hauser energy, <laughs> or like ER or something. Some something about that. Yeah. Um, but there's some good apocalypse imagery inside of Frank. The whole like streets are melting. Um, yeah. But it's contrasted yeah, get, with the live action, like bad child acting. It's not good, and uh, I, I do like the apocalypse imagery of like uh, William Shatner, the mayor, uh, kind of wiping his brow and like looking out over his city that he has failed, and like for the first time, even just at this moment, you realize he realizes that oh, I did this. Oops, this my is bad. My fault. Yeah, and that's a that's always a cool moment for like somebody who has not been held accountable to suddenly realize that they are at fault yeah it's it's a realization that maybe frank should have made um well this in the is, movie this, this, and it, we're gonna get there in a second but like it's the brush with death experience that finally gives him the uh that gives him the wherewithal to try to make some positive changes to his life that's true so like it, it's not it's not the worst in terms of connecting to uh the mayor there yeah um uh, but anyway shane uh, overcome with grief over her terrible father rushes back and apologizes for all the very truth and reasonable things that she has said to him over the course of the movie um and ozzy is able to get back into the back into the back into the back into frank's body and they set the hypothalamus right and then the movie movie sort of ends <laughs> yeah so so frank regains consciousness and <laughs> He tells Shane, Mom says hi. I, I'm glad that you noted that that was like an extremely weird, creepy person that's thing to say like, upon being resuscitated. Not, that's probably not reassuring. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it's it, he's just also a bad dad. Like, he's he's like, we recognize that he's disgusting, but he's also just a bad father and he's also delirious. So, like, I, ex- I accept this very strange line from yeah, him. Yeah, but it's also like, dude, you were literally dead for a minute. Can you have some decorum? 
Yeah, no, he actually can't. <laughs> like, they actually have set him up as a person without decorum for most of the movies. So. That's true. Yeah. Um, Jones is hailed as a hero. He's yeah, reinstated he, to the force. It's that long-term thing again, right? Is he didn't get any respect because people were focused on the short term, but when the long-term consequences come to roost, they realize that, yeah, he was right. Like, uh, this is... You know, we have to give credit to the person who kept us safe from bigger threats than the, our short-term fixes could account for. Yeah. And I like how he, he has that loyalty to the only person who would believe in him. He's like, Drix, you want to be my new partner? Uh, and you Drix, son like, of a bitch. <laughs> well, I would love to, but my work visa has expired. I have to... <laughs> that's just... <laughs> like, well, we'll go down to the hemorrhoids and get a lawyer. Like, that that's not a bad joke. I, it's it's the same level as uh, boxer shorts. It's the same level as boxer that kind shorts. of joke, and, which, which, uh, which is a component of the uh, buddy cop formula. Is those mm-hmm. bad jokes? So it's fine. Um, I, honestly, I almost wonder if maybe Jones shouldn't have gotten all the kind of end of Star Wars movie credit scene kind of thing. Yeah, he should have gotten his job back, like on probation, and it's more like him and. Drake's like eating a hot dog and like keeping an eye on somebody kind of well that's more realistic right you you don't get the respect you deserve from uh from the long term just keep things running kind of thing i mean you yeah. wouldn't you would in this circumstance but broadening it to the whole like governance thing if you do the responsible thing for you know 15 years uh in 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 public service you get a plaque and a small party and a cake and yeah. that's it you know like that's the uh, thanks for keeping the wheels running uh, yeah. you, you've you've done your job and you've done it well, and it wasn't glamorous, but good on you. I mean, um, the 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 thing about Jones's arc is he keeps trying to do the right thing, and he loses his confidence in himself, and he gains it back at the end. That's that's what's important. Him actually getting honorific doesn't matter, and it like it distorts the fact that what he actually cared about was his confidence. I think that they do a pretty good job with uh, the, the the final Frank scene, uh, which hmm. is that um, Frank does end up going on the hike with Shane. Uh, apparently, the teacher, like, pity pardoned him for almost dying and allowed him to, like, it, like rescinded the restraining order, and they go on a hike or whatever. On the same day. On the same day. Um, and they And he tries to eat healthy. He eats a carrot stick, and he grimaces through it which is good i wouldn't want him to immediately become like kind of a health nut yeah um, and the like the music here is like this off-kilter piano like almost bulk and skull kind of music just to, <laughs> yep <laughs> just to sell that like yeah this guy's still a schlub like don't yeah, he's, it's still good old bill murray he's he's schlubby but he's trying uh i think that this is a good point of comparison between kind of uh him and jones because it's the long-term stuff works kind of thing where what what is the big difference between them is that Frank gave up on his long-term goals because he lost uh his loved one and he mm-hmm. lost the society which would care for him and those were the only things that would keep him on the straight and narrow or you know relatively straight and somewhat narrow right uh, however Jones had something and this, I love this little detail and I think it really goes a long way to exp- explaining what kept him in the game what kept him in like a no I need. I don't need confidence from them because I'm doing a job and that job's worth doing and I'm going to do it well. Like he, he, he at, at, during a, a moment earlier in the movie, he looked at a, a picture of his grandfather and he's like, there's always been a Jones on the force. Mm-hmm. And th- that love of family and that love of country 
just that that sort of loyal patriotist patriotism uh kind of kind of spirit that he has that's the thing that he relies on to keep the long-term view to keep his priorities in order frank lost his priorities because he lost thing the thing that he was kind of he he lost reasons to live really he lost yeah. his reasons to live which was his wife and his uh society and yes he's got shane but he's lost too much to go on and it's only when the reality that he could have left Shane behind is confronted and he realizes what he still has is that he tries to fight again. Mm-hmm. But Jones has had that thing that has grounded him to his life the whole time. And that lets, I, I think that kind of comes to an important point of like, in order to kind of keep a long-term goal and long-term priorities, you need to be grounded. You need to have something to care about in this life of yours. You can't do it because of idealism or just for your own sake. You need to you need to have something you believe in and you need like you don't need the accolades of everybody believing you but you you need that one person to back mm-hmm. you up when like when you doubt yourself imagine this movie if jones did not get have uh Drix on his side or did not have leia on his side yeah like, it would be like he doesn't have it, many connections but he's got enough it'd be like the punisher i guess it'd be a little like the punisher from direct he from, just goes from around Drax's doing perspective he just goes around criming the criminals yeah, you think he becomes like a? You think he becomes a, a vigilante? Yeah, I think so. He he, Frank uh, Frank Castles. Him. I am the knight. Nope. Where's nope. Brandy? I mean, that's Leia. A, that's, 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 uh, yeah, <laughs> or the Joker. Yeah, I, I, that's a different thing. But yeah, I, I think that is what the movie is trying to go for here. Um, at least in my mind, I think that they were trying to say that with Jones and Frank, and like what keeps them focused on the long term, and it's having something you care about that is a, a grounded goal yeah what I, I'm wondering, i think i think this movie is flexible enough that you can ascribe a number of different like morals to it in the same way that you can ascribe a number of different like biological analogies to what happens mm-hmm. it it's never going to be 100 percent um the script clearly has some compromises in it mm-hmm. but on the whole yeah i think i think they play that buddy cop redemption arc pretty well I think that the the allowances they make to the buddy buddy cop formula that caused the script to be a little less clean than it could otherwise be, you know, the dance scene, the dumb schlocky jokes, they're all allowances that I'm willing to give to get this excellent presentation. Because I don't think we've said it maybe as much as we could have, the fact that it's the buddy cop uh, presentation, all of this, like we've, we've cited points of comparison, but I don't think we've talked about how much fun it is to watch in this new animation style this new setting it's very it's just it's just a fun time it looks good it feels good the humor is low the concept is high you feel smart and like not immature Mm -hmm. even if you laugh at the immature bits i don't know it's it's a it's a good feel good family movie to be honest well well well, parts of it like the, the the buddy cop part are right um, it's it's that good old Fillmore stuff, which is like these are two things I like, and they're combining them. Sounds mm-hmm. good to me. However, <laughs> I don't like the like live action segments at all, and I have a lot of reasons. Um, not at all is kind of a stretch. Bill Murray is doing a fine acting job. I just don't think that he's the correct actor for the job here. I th- I think he's the right actor. I just think it's a bad character. <laughs> it's definitely a bad character. That like that's part of the problem. But um, you know, I don't think that Shane was a particularly good uh, actor in this. Um, I, don't, I don't think the teacher did that good. Like, I think that all the acting choices were a little weird. The direction, 
obviously had a little bit to be be desired. The overacting is is pretty cringy, and it's just gross to watch a human adult doing gross things like that. I I stand by my gut feeling that like the live action segments should be as a stage play like the overacting and the weirdness of their society and the like if you had a projector showing the live or the animated segments and then live actors doing like a stage play thing i think that would actually kind of work pretty well um yeah there's just there's bits this movie that are not gonna not gonna go great here's what i'm wondering because uh, and i think the so all the animation stuff I think works almost perfectly for me. Like I'm, I, I'm a pretty easy sell for 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 this genre and this presentation. Like Fantastic Voyage plus Buddy Cop, I, mm-hmm. there's not much for me to complain about. The only thing I'm wondering is how necessary the live action segments were, and I think they are necessary. I just don't know if this was the best way to do it. Yeah, because without them, you just have like the animated series, which there's no stakes. Or at least yeah. the stakes are very different. They're, you know, they're it, abstract. Yes, and, and in cells at work, that that is a palpable feeling that you get. Like there's no uh, there's no cost to things going bad, other than you know we want our characters to do well, but it, it doesn't have that same pathos. And interesting, know, they, they 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 do need that. I think that that really sells the stakes. Um, so I, I think that's necessary. I'm just not. Uh, you know, I'm one, I'm thinking about Who Framed Roger Rabbit, where they have the animated and the live action next to each other. Obviously, that can't happen with the sense of scale that they have here. But I, I wonder if it could have maybe the proportion could have been a little different, or maybe the direction could have grouped the segments better, or if the writing just needed to be cleaned up a bit, or if the cast it, like just there's a few too many things that are that take me out of the experience and make me kind of wince and that those little things add up. I would be interested in watching the animated uh, spinoff show because in theory that should be just the good stuff all the time, but I get the sense that they don't quite, I, I haven't seen it or at least not in a long time. I feel like if it was, if as good as the animated segments here, we would have heard about it. Let, let me pitch you this. What if it's all animated, but it's a different animation style for live action? Oh, you mean like they rotoscope him? Maybe, maybe yeah, do standard darkly kind of thing. Or or just like a different, you know, kind of animation. Like, like maybe a little bit more um a little bit more serious or realistic. I don't I don't think the problem with it was the fact that it was live action. I, I think it was, because like let's think of a, some of the main problems that we had with the live action is the overacting and it's just like the kind of cringiness of watching this adult human male, uh, you know, eating food off the ground like an infant, you know, and, and yeah. just being very disgusting. And and the thing that we've said since the inception of our podcast is that when you make something into a cartoon, uh, you make those things bearable. You There's some buffer between you and the difficulty of some of the subject matter. No, that's and, what I'm saying. I think it should be difficult. I think it should be gross. I think it should be real. The problem is, is that these people don't act like people, and so it's hard for me to care about them. You so maybe maybe it was just like an acting direction thing. I I feel like that's more about it because like remember and the because br- that was the part of the production that didn't happen until the very end, right? The the Ferrellery brothers like they did Dumb and Dumber. This is a Dumb and Dumber type live yeah, segment. I, yeah, it is. Like, it's in that universe. 
Yeah, maybe they just didn't. Uh, maybe they just didn't cast it right, or 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 get get the right director for it. Yeah, I don't know. It it doesn't quite work for me. Uh, the animated segments, I'm I'm all I'm pretty into. Like this is a pretty um, I'm pretty split right right down the line on this. Yeah, you got to undergo mitosis so that you can uh... have just a really shitty movie and a really good movie, <laughs> and they'll be good. And I know that's not how mitosis works. Don't at me, bro. At me, bro. At me, bro. Um, yeah. Do, yeah. Do you have any uh, closing thoughts? I. It really is just <laughs> like a movie, you know. Like it's, it's a. I had strong memories of this, and uh, during all of the animated movie segments, I couldn't help but think this just feels pretty by the books, even though it's kind of these novel concepts that they're throwing at me and i'm getting a lot out of it because i get a lot out of fantastic voyage and buddy cops respectively but they, they don't do that much more with it than either than just the synthesis of those two on the page it's it's just it's always weird to me when it's a short movie that feels like it's wearing too small a suit like like you can feel the committee writing this one yeah yeah like the it's a little rushed because we're not spending all of our time in the actual you know movie like, we've got too many principal protagonists to be able to develop any of them really well. Um, so, you know, Frank is a little underdeveloped. Uh, Jones and Drix's relationship is a little underdeveloped. Jones and Leia is very underdeveloped. You know, they, they Jones, pretty much Jones and everyone is kind of, except for his, like, chief. I think that that works just fine. <laughs> but, like, you know, 90-minute movie, sure, but how much of that is actually spent in the animated world of Frank? I, I would say enough, and I would say that the parts I think it could have used a little more. I, I, yeah, well, they could have used a little more, but when you're in there and you get the buddy cop, you get the background gags, you get the world building, it it hits you where your brain is fully occupied during those things. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I, I totally agree with that. And uh, But yeah, that's Osmosis Jones. Go watch Inside Out. <laughs> yeah uh it is like definitely a good point of uh recommendation for just like this is a different kind of animation meets live action than we have done before where it's strictly definitely. dis disseminate uh, disparate parts and they're trying to create a cohesive whole and it doesn't quite work and i'm not convinced it couldn't um like you said you think that live action is the right way to do it it just needed to be done a bit better mm -hmm. so it, i i'm interested in this uh this approach to making media this this mixed media kind of thing um yeah it's, it's a good example of it and one of the one of the most memorable in my lifetime osmosis jones a massive contradictions <laughs> you love that you love that phrase do i uh, yeah yeah i've heard you say it before it feels no, true you've said a mess of contradictions before which might be more apt for this movie they have mass it's messy <sighs> anyway, All right. Well, uh, Zane asked me what we're doing next. No, you asked me. Uh-uh. Yeah, I recommended what we do next. Oh, you're right. I can never get this part right. Um, anyway, Zane, what are we doing next time? Well, Ben, we are going to watch... Um, you know, Osmosis Jones, I don't think, is generally considered a classic, but we're going to watch something that is. Uh, the 1997 Berserk anime. 
Yep, and I, uh, I, uh, I have an associate's degree in this show, so <laughs> I, I, I am coming to it as a veteran. You have not watched it before. I am going to try to keep my, uh, I'm going to try to keep my professor hat on and not unfairly bias you to it. Um, you know, I, I watched the first three episodes so far, and it's, uh, it's, it's good. It's a little slow. I like the characters. It's just like, you know, I, I feel like I would enjoy the manga more just because then I have control over the pace. I'll let you, you know, if you feel like fast-tracking stuff, there are movies, but I, I think it's important to get some of that plotting pace involved. So I hope you stick with it. And I, 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 I like it. all of the events. I just wish, you know, less sitting and waiting, watching the, waiting for the screen to turn to the next to frame. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, 90, 97 didn't really understand how to adapt a, uh, a manga to an anime precisely. You know, they, mm-hmm. they would later get better. Tech was pretty... You know, excuses to defend one of my favorite works of, uh, of anime. Um, but I, I'm I, I can tell you right it. now that I'm not going to enjoy it as much as you do, but I, I am enjoying it so far. That's good. Um, yeah, keep keep me posted. I, mm-hmm. I don't want to burn costs. I'll, I'll so podcast I, with you about it. Well, that, that, that would be really... That would be and after really I podcast phenomenal. with you about it, what would we do after that? Uh, well, Zane, uh, we've done something good. Uh, or, or we're going to so we, we've done something interesting Osmosis Jones unique we're going to do something good Berserk let's do something really good boring I love the way this sentence is ending man bad. Hmm? let's do something boring and bad that I vaguely remember not liking even as a kid who would ingest any kind of media <sighs> uh, let's watch Lloyd in Space hey I don't mind that <laughs> glowing recommendations ahead of time <laughs> let's see how well it holds up for you I, I watched it during the uh during the same time period of my life when i watched uh, osmosis jones and they both kind of hit me in the same way of like you know this is kind of gross in a cutesy way and i'm on board we'll, we'll see I, I i have memories of it that don't go any farther than it being one of the first shows i remember saying yeah i'm done with that um I, before before i had to i mean it's 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 uh it's like every other show but it's in space um and not in a way that like the movie osmosis jones did a lot with its setting and the show lloyd in space is like what if these guys looked ugly (laughs) (laughs) yeah i I don't know if that's true (laughs) like i'm pretty sure it's just a bad show but there was that talking brain with little boots. Oh, God, I hate that character. I, I hope he I hope he doesn't come up in any episodes that I watch. I just want to watch Lloyd. I'm gonna watch the one where they're at the debates and he studies too hard and his brain like one lobe of his brain just kind of erupts and deflates and then he becomes dumb and then Lloyd has to debate and then he gives a rousing speech about friendship and the debate moderators are like, That did not answer our question. Nice. It's like Billy Madison at that point. Yeah, yeah. It's the only thing I remember about that show. Adam Sandler would have done well as Frank in this. Adam I feel Sandler like would have been a very good Frank. Because he's charming when he's that schlubby. Yeah, we can get some of that big daddy stuff in there. And he's got energy in the way Bill Murray doesn't anymore. You could, yeah, totally. <laughs> I mean, like, we don't want a high energy character for Frank, really. <laughs> it's basically Charlie Day, the early years, or the late years. I stick with my choice of John C. Riley, or or maybe... um. Uh, I, I know this was uh, too early for him to really uh, be in that spotlight, but um, Shia LaBeouf of uh, maybe Jonah Hill or um, Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen is the one I was thinking of. Yeah, I, I want uh, I, I want Adam Sandler as Frank and uh, uh, Seth Rogen as Bob. <laughs> that, that, 
Seth Rogen's a very Bob character. It's <laughs> a good or, uh, actor. I, you know what? Here's the best redeeming I thing about think, Frank. We can play this game forever. It's I always actually, entertaining. I, I actually think that Chris Elliott was kind of the perfect cast for Bob. <laughs> he kind of nailed it. Like he's just, he's got that he's just got that great like weaselly angular face with just enough stubble to not look great. Is <laughs> more grease than hair. He's got more grease than hair. Uh, anyway. Uh, we will be if you want to have space. more grease than hair, I, ex- I expect it's not going to be good. If you want to talk to us, uh, if you want to give us a shout out, um, give, post a comment about either Berserk or Lloyd in Space, then you can go to our Facebook po- uh, Facebook post, paste, paste post. Pastry you can go book. to our Facebook page. You can go to our website at fancybat.com or cartoncast.com and go to our con- contact page to leave us a message. We do read them all. Um, you just might not be aware of it. And if you go there and uh, you can check out the other shows on the network, um, such as Empowered, which is a bite-sized superhero, uh, superpower podcast that we film basically five minutes an episode, and it's a real fun time. Um, If you like the show, uh, I would really appreciate it if you went to Apple Podcasts and gave a rating or review, and uh, more than anything else, just tell your friends about the show. Yeah. Well, Ben, we've been doing this for a while, and... um the little voice in my head is uh, taking over manual control of my body and saying that I should go to bed. Yep, that makes sense. You you, you got to pay your union. You got to pay your. Uh, you got to have a stronger union. Otherwise, they. Uh, some other metaphor about government. I guess I'll see you guys later. Is the union where I go get a Snickers? Like, the the union is the one that tells uh that tells Chris Rock that he's a loose cannon. You son of a bitch. Grand prize, ample voice box, sensational Mac Dandy music on vacation, vocational past tense to present day, cross generational. Bome is Dabe, 21 honey. It ain't about the cred and it ain't about the money. Where you at, where you been, or where you from, from, from me. It just don't stop like the energizer bunny hip hop on the good foot. Everywhere you going, Bome is Dabe, even when it's snowing. At the tippy topper, if you just tiptoeing, let your hair down. There's a big wind blowing. Every day feel like